Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spinballish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ron Slawinski. And I'm the other one, Bartek. No last name? You want to leave it a mystery for them. Well, if they've listened to certain episodes or actually Well, you can't assume that everyone's listened to our show, Bartek. That's just a road of trouble. Why don't you spell my last name for them? No, I can't do that. So, Bartek, what do we do on... uh, Well, you haven't said the show name yet. I said unappreciated masterpieces. Yes, he did. And I was, we're spin, I was testing and we spin Polish, likingly, because we're spinning, and we both happen to be Polish, you know, with my last name and obviously Bartek's first name. I mean, we don't know his last name, it could be Smith. It's a question mark. On Unappreciated Masterpieces, we find movies that seemingly don't deserve audio commentaries, and we give them the audio commentaries that they secretly do deserve. Yes, yeah, that's exactly it. But unfortunately, I say secretly, and it's like implying, you know, conspiracy, like, ooh... He's the reason why it does need it that, like, the government's hiding from us. But no, it's simply because mankind is very flawed. Yeah. They don't realise the simple fact that certain films need these kind of exposure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, we, we, with each unappreciated masterpiece, you have to consider someone, and not only just one person, but several people put time and energy into these projects. To think that, hey, someone sat down and wrote one of these movies, and writing isn't just a quick process. It takes time and effort. And we as audiences maybe didn't appreciate that effort that was put in to these movies. These movies aren't completely forgotten, but they're not completely remembered either. And we think we need to shine a light on some of these movies. Bartek, what is the unappreciated masterpiece we're going to be covering? In this episode, we are covering the, I believe, 2012 classic film, Mama Ia. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't speak. The film. I don't speak. Is that Polish? Yeah. I don't speak Polish. It means so. mum and I. Oh, are we watching the weirdest version of The King and I, but with a mum involved? I don't know what this is. What's the movie Mum and I? It's The Guilt Trip, right? <laughs> oh, The Guilt Trip from 2012. My favourite modern day retelling of the Oedipus story. I love that movie. It mm-hmm. is right up there with every other. Seth Rogen film ever made. You know, right up there with Green Hornet, which mm-hmm. is really unappreciated. So, we're doing the 2012 classic, The Guilt Trip. And I've already said one person is in The Guilt Trip, Bartek, but who's the other person? I believe it is someone named Bar. It's not Bartek. Barbara Streisand. Oh, my favourite Streisand. Uh, but Bartek, yeah? it's you and me for this episode. Not Barbara Streisand. No Barbara Streisand, but who is our Barbara Streisand for this episode? Because we are both Seth Rogen ah. in this case. We need we need an older, very Jewish nagging presence. <laughs> who is that? Is when a- are you going to introduce me? Come on! You got it! It is a returning presence to our show. The first time this guest has come on, I introduced him as someone who is very... Very cool, and he told me <laughs> that that was the worst introduction ever. So it can only go uphill from here, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest today is very, very something. It's Liam Amor. Ah, oh, thank you very much. And then give us a more. So Liam, is... who's your who's your, who's your second favorite Streisand? 
Oh, <laughs> you said Barbie's your favorite, your most your favorite Streisand. Who's the second favorite Streisand? Her dad, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. For Streisand giving, for giving us Barbara. <laughs> yeah. How can you not appreciate? How can you not appreciate his work? Right. And I like the fact that it takes two of you to be one Seth Rogen. That's, <laughs> well, that's he's a big guy. Sure, he's not uh, that big. Yeah, well, you don't know you haven't met him, man. <laughs> I haven't met him, but my partner almost met him. Almost. Yeah, she was in a in a comic shop in Amsterdam. Oh yeah. And she was only there because I had said you should go to this comic shop in Amsterdam. And she's like, I'm not really into that stuff, but I'll, I'll go there anyway. You forced her hand, yeah. And and she was looking around. And she went, I know that guy from somewhere, and he was just in the aisles. And it was browsing. Jonah Hill. Who would have guessed? It was Jonah Hill. That's right. <laughs> Who would have guessed? So Liam, you know, uh, we had you on for the amazing film Year One previously. I've, I've almost forgotten. No, you haven't, because that was an amazing film. So we were joined with you for this amazing film, the 2012 classic, The Guilt Trip. Mamma me! Mamma me! Yeah, he nearly spoke Polish there. So I don't know how to speak it, but I can judge others who can't, so I'm sure. pretty good. I'm yeah, pretty inept at that you're pretty kind judgy. Of thing. Yeah. So Yeah, I judge pretty well. And that's why I'm judging this movie very well. You guys at home... We are going to do a feature-length audio commentary, and that means get your copy of this ready. Get your legal copy of this ready, because I imagine everyone has uh, a physical and or legal copy of the 2012 cinematic classic that is The Guilt Trip. So you're going to get it ready. You're going to get it in there, slip it in, and... You're going to press play. This just got very sexy, didn't it? This is very really weird. You didn't watch the movie day. then, didn't you? Yeah. Did you? J- j- jam it in. Jam it in. <laughs> finger it in. And then <laughs> and then you're going to press play when I do a countdown to one, two, three, and then I say play. Okay, get ready, guys, because this is a cinematic... Ryan, is play the safe word? Play is the safe word okay. for the guilt. <laughs> 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 All right. So get your copy ready, because we're going to start this, this sensual piece in three, two one play so just for those making sure we're about four seconds in just 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 so you know Mm -hmm. so let's just jump into this liam when uh, when did you realize that you were a fan of barbara streisand and seth rogan as a as a as a pair as as a pair like I said separately the the you know the obviously long history but Are as you a, a fan pair of both of them <laughs> yeah I am actually yeah um, <clears throat> Seth Rogen and I saw I first saw in Freaks and Greeks Freaks and Greeks Freaks Freaks and Geeks my favorite show Freaks and Greeks it's that Channel Thirty One show hey everyone it's Freaks and Greeks um, so just Greeks <laughs> yeah and uh, <laughs> Freaks and Geeks and he was great in that he was uh, again un- underappreciated I see a theme that you're using there. He was an unappreciated uh, uh, actor in that one. Yeah. And then later on, I found out he had an improv connection, and it was great. Oh, there you go. And and Bob? Barbara, obviously, um, I'm a big fan of classic cinema, and she's she's a, a stalwart of uh, of uh, the uh, yeah 60s scene. And, yeah, me um, the fuckers, yeah. You know, and uh, <laughs> I've got a big I got a big uh, musical theater background. Love love a lot of musical theater. So. Now I'll be 100 percent honest, guys. Mm-hmm. When this sequence opened up. There was no music. Yeah. It was mm. just silence. And I worried that my copy of it did not cover the soundtrack. But then the soundtrack kicked in and I was very happy about it. It's a bold move. It's a bold choice, I think. No. It's, it's putting it artistic. Barbara Streisand uh, such a, such a screen presence that the film opens up with her doing something that's very poignant to her character. Eating M&M's in bed. Yeah, it's a recurring theme. And, you know, he's eating something. I know. worry about her, her teeth. If that's the case. Really? You worry about her teeth? Well, you know, you're not, you're not supposed to eat sugar and go to sleep. 
Why not? It's Barbara Streisand. She's not of this mortal earth. She... He wouldn't want to be her dentist. Is she the one whose husband has a shopping mall at the bottom of their house? You know, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's Barbara Streisand's husband who's like a a big Hollywood (laughs) producer. And he was behind, uh, like, the Superman movie that never happened with Nick Cage. Oh, wow. You know that one? Oh, there's so Superman good with a perm. That's great. Superman with a mullet. Get it yeah. right. Um, so, Bartek, what about you? Seth Rogen, Barbara Streisand, do they do it for you? Do they turn you on? Do they get you going? Yes. Love that green suit, by the way. Look at that. <laughs> Would you wear that, Ryan? Uh, not enough buttons uh, for my preference. Yeah, but it it's pretty has, green, though. You, it only yeah. has three. I would want five. So, they do it for you. Huh? Well, yes. What's your connection with these two? Performers. We've already covered the Green Hornet. Yeah, so we've covered uh, the Seth Rogen angle. Barbara Streisand, I don't know her as much, um, but when I found out that uh, Seth Rogen was doing a, in this film, a duo with her, it got me very excited because I'd like to see more Barbara Streisand. Like, the most I've seen of her is maybe that time she became a robot in South Park. And she was pretty good there. And that kind of explains, you know, why she eats the M&Ms in bed, because... She's a robot, so that's okay. That's okay. It is a curious, it's a curious choice, isn't it? I mean, why, Seth Rogen and Barbara Streisand are not two names you would normally put But together. they're both very Jewish. True. That is the tenuous link between the two I was actually thinking of, of who in this comedic stable of this time would you cast as... Who else would you cast as her son? Now, you can't cast Jonah Hill. I don't think he would match. And then I was like, Paul Rudd? Nah, Paul Rudd's just too, no. too much. And then I was like, well, the only... Uh, this is... Honestly, the only other comedian that I thought you could pair as maybe her son or relative would be Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Is that it? That's it for the Jewish comedians, you know. That's that's <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, their dynamics would work well because the thing about Seth Rogen in this movie that's very different is he's playing a more straight-laced, neurotic, uh, 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 prim and proper type, which Jerry Seinfeld nails very, very well. True, that's true. And I can just imagine him being like, in clean. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the cleaning products? What's the deal with mums? What's the deal with coconut oil? What's the deal with them choosing me only? Ah. So that was the only other person I could think of. Right. Maybe Billy Crystal. But he's too old. Yeah, you can do that. Is Seinfeld young enough? He's old. Well, Ryan, apparently... She's this, like 70-something years old. That, isn't there a plot point that she gave birth in her 20s, so they're only like 20 years apart? True. That's yeah, true. there you go. Look at that artwork, by the way. Look at that, it's just a... It's what we call... Office. Office work. No, chic. <laughs> chic. Guys, it's primary colours. It's education. Look at that, executive producers, Seth Rogen, Barbara Streisand. And then let's not forget the great work done by Dan Fogelman, who yeah. also wrote this film. Wow. Uh, do we know Dan? I think he's Jewish, so that's another thing. Actually, surprise, Italian. No. <laughs> oh, so he's not, he's not from Judea, Ryan? He's from Italy? <laughs> he's not from Judea, yeah. We're off on the road to Judea, yeah. You know the majority of this film is B-roll? Look at it. It's just like... No, they like, actually shot that. It's just like it's the second unit just went out there and said, we just need a whole bunch of airports, no, that plane was a whole bunch Streisand. of roads. That was actually Streisand. That was her. She's a transformer. She's in disguise. That is, that's right. That's... So my connection with Barbara Streisand is very weird. I, she is the one in Meet the Fockers, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's He's it. And then ben the other Stiller's connection mom. in that's it, it. And then no, no. And the other connection so is sad. the most detached connection I could come up with is my one of my favorite Kevin Klein movies 
is In and Out, in which Kevin Klein is uh, is outed by a former student who becomes like an Oscar-winning actor as being gay, even though he is not gay, mm. and his favorite actress is Barbara Streisand in that movie like and he watches nothing but Barbara Streisand movies and it's like is that a hint of him being gay or is he just someone who really likes Barbara Streisand well, and that's that's, that's, that's like shorthand my, isn't it that's yeah. my other connection with Streisand is 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 that movie I've just she's mentioned quite a lot I was very disappointed she didn't appear in it as is my, as Kevin Klein's mother <laughs> <laughs> but she's a completely that would ruin it yeah. <laughs> that would ruin the whole idea of being a friend of Barbara <laughs> being a friend or so the guilt trip what's our backstory with this movie guys had we heard of it? Have we seen it? Why is Miriam Margolis in one scene? Can I just say, Miriam Margolis is yeah? great. She's wonderful. In 2005, I was in England and I was staying with a friend who was mining her house. Oh, okay. And I, so I, I, I slept in Miriam Margolis's lounge room. Great. And, and the best thing about that was she has an amazing house. I would imagine. And, and there was a quote uh, a theatre critic had given her, which was this, uh, Miriam Margolis is the like it was something like the, the, the best actress of the 20th century wow. like it was something that was massive like, how do I know that because she had it printed <laughs> and framed and put up on in her hallway it's the first thing you see when you walk <laughs> don't in don't you have that do I, do I have that in my, in my yeah like Liam's really good at funeral insurance <laughs> he makes me laugh about death that guy <laughs> that guy from that ad yeah that's hilarious yeah, so you're you're jealous of Miriam Margolis. I wasn't jealous. No, no, I'm not jealous at all. that she's in this movie with Peggy Hill and <laughs> and uh, they're the main two, aren't they? That's the next movie. That's the, it. the rest of them. It's, Look at uh, that. Okay, so Bartek, let's leave it. History. Did you love this movie? Did you hear about it before? Um, I might have heard of it, uh, but I'm not entirely sure because. I feel like there have been a, quite a few uh, road trip movies made around this time. Like, I think Due Date was a few years before. Yeah. And Identity Thief came a bit after. That was a road trip movie? Was it? I never saw Maybe it. Maybe I'm mixing it up with something You're thinking else. Tammy. Yeah. Yeah, Tammy. That's Which it. was the other road trip movie I wanted Liam to come on for. Maybe that's what this film should have been called. Due Date. <laughs> Ew. Two of them together. I had never... The weirdest thing is, this is how I knew the film. Yeah. I remembered the press... Uh, the the press interviews with Seth Rogen being like, oh yeah, it's so great to work with Streisand. Like she's a hero of mine, and he would say it in the most deadpan, like non-caring, dead-eyed way that he could. And I'm like, do you believe in this project, Seth? I don't know. And you know, that's what I got attached. I remembered Seth Rogen in a movie with Barbara Streisand. He pretty much he pretty much distanced himself very quickly from this. Film. He does that for all of his movies, right? Really. To be honest, right. <laughs> remember how big the, the interview was, but nobody talks about it now because it did start World War Three and it wasn't a very good movie. <laughs> yeah, he does that with even like some of his good movies, like like The Green Hornet. You know where he put a lot of effort in for that. He physically transformed himself for that movie, and yeah, that was really doesn't, wasn't. doesn't want to talk about that. Uh, you know, I w- you know that was my history. What about you, Liam? When this film came out, two thousand and twelve, um... that was the year we met. It was too, yeah. Was so teaching. our lives forever changed. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was it. I was too busy teaching us, trying to juggle like, impulsive personalities that were occurring around me to actually go and see a film. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that. So you didn't see it? No. This is your first time. This seeing? is the first time I saw it. Uh, when you told me that this is what we were doing, I was I leapt for joy, <laughs> and uh, and broke a, a light fitting in the process. Wow. And uh, and then and then quickly uh, went to search. Google for it and uh, 
boy, I tell you, people covet this film. They really they hide it deep, deep in Google. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really. Uh, I mean, it's right there in yeah. the first three results of the Google yeah. trip. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really hidden there. Yeah, it should have been the first result. It really should have been. Uh, Did Roger Ebert review this, or was he dead by then? I think he was still alive, him. but his, web- him. his website <laughs> killed him. His website does not have a review of this movie at all. Oh, what a naughty boy! So, yeah, it's a very interesting project. This film, because when I walked into this, I, I, I was the one who selected this film for this episode. I said we have to do the guilt trip. It has to be that. And you walk into each movie, ones that you have seen before and ones that you haven't seen with certain expectations, even if the movie doesn't even meet those and those perceptions. Like for me, a movie that I always have a different uh, perception of before watching is the movie Dark City. I just look at the cover of that and go, fuck yeah, Dark City. And then I watch it and it's not so much a fuck yeah, but more of a... Yeah, Dark City. Like, you know, I've never like, seen it. I've never seen Dark City. Well, it has Riff Raff from Rocky Horror in yeah. it as the antagonist. So it's, got heaps of it's got a great little, little huge So this movie, for me, I walked in thinking, this is going to be a comedy. This is going to be a road trip comedy with lots of bickering and learning of stuff. And I was wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, really? <laughs> it was more of a serious emotional drama with comedic moments that really reflect the comedic moments of life mm. that was my pers- what about you guys when you walked in this what was your that's a, that's a good thought? outlook there especially since you earlier considered uh, Jerry Seinfeld Seinfeld I almost said Stiller I did. I I ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. I would love it with Jerry, Jerry Stiller. Stiller. Jerry Stiller. <laughs> Jerry Stiller is the, is Jerry Stiller is the son wow son. Wow. <laughs> they use that CGI effect they used in X Men Three to make Ian McKellen look young oh on <laughs> Jerry Stiller. But yeah, what I was saying there, Jerry Seinfeld, his show Seinfeld, named after his last name. Fun fact: um, that was all about a stand-up comedian finding his material, and as you said, this is the comedy of life. Yeah, 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 Liam. Yes. Any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Anything? Yes. Any, you're right. When you walked into this, there were already, were there were already three shows called Jerry, so he couldn't use that anymore. He couldn't <laughs> use his first name. And he didn't want to use his middle name, which no one knows. That's right. Which is also Jerry. Ignatius. Oh, yeah, right. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry, Jerry. Hey, Jerry, Jerry. Um, when you walked into this, did you have some. You know what? Yeah, I did. I thought it was going to be a slap the thigh uh, kind of uh, romp. And mm. very quickly, it became a sort of existential sort of drape, dra- drape, yeah. drape, <laughs> pair of drapes. Yeah. Uh, I, like I, I did think that this was mind. going to be a lot like the film Due Date, where I'm not a fan of the film Due Date. It was, it's a film, you know, that modern style of comedy in which it's going to be over the top for the sake of being over the top, you know, like the the typical Will Ferrell type of comedy, typical Seth Rogen type of comedy, where there's going to be sex to a gratuitous extent or or this or that and this movie what it reminded me more of is what due date and this movie can't help escape from being reminded about is planes trains and automobiles in which yes on the surface planes trains and automobiles is an outrageously great comedy but beneath that it is this really smart eloquent story as well like a really great character two character piece film and that's what this is more kinship to than say. I think what you're trying to say is that it's an American film, because essentially all American films are like that when it comes to comedy. Yeah. Because you have to. It's not enough just to have comedy. You have to actually have the message as well. You have to. Yeah. Drive home the uh, the 
the dysfunctional family heals heal thy heal thyself kind of thing, mm. and uh, you know, and and ultimately at some point in every film there has to be some sort of mass approval moment, yeah, where everybody claps, yeah, uh, you know, and and essentially this film has got it all, yeah. But while films like Due Date necessarily don't reach that mark, they're more abs- like going for the most absurd things. Like I love they had two and a half men in it. <laughs> and two and a half men's always filled with like laughs and claps. Oh, well, you got, exactly. What is the two and a half men shown on TV in that film? Is that what you're telling me? Or are you no, saying the just, dog is half a man? They're not only shown on TV, but uh, Zach Galifianakis ends up having a cameo That's on the show. Right. I kind of blocked that out because I love playing trades and automobiles so much that. No, no, that one didn't have due two date. And a half men. Poisons, anything related to that kind of style of road trip movie that Plane Trains and Automobiles had two and a half men. Yeah. In, in, in your way of thinking, I and think John Candy John was two Candy. men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, shouldn't it be one and a half? No, by the end of it, That's John Candy eats Steve Martin. It's a Steve weird... Martin was half a man. He was emasculated, but essentially an emasculated character. That was in the... Okay, so he'd be two. That was one of the... Yeah, one of the... That's Steve Martin, one of Steve Martin's greatest films as well. Playing Strange. He says it's his favourite. I disagree, but anyway. Which one's your favourite? One of my favourites is... is um... You could say The Jerk. No, no, I it's agree. not The Jerk. I like... Um, I like uh... Parenthood, yeah. No, the, um, the black and white, what's it called? Um... Uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Dead, Dead Men Don't Wear yeah. Plaid. It's one of my favourites. Yeah. yeah, that is one of those ones. I just like Plaid Strains because it uses that neurotic Steve Martin to its best. Mm. That's that's it. And, it does. You know, that's where you go. But that isn't this movie. We're missing an emotional sequence right now where Barbara Streisand is crying about a lost love. Guys, have we had lost loves in our lives? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a leap. That was a leap. That we would travel all the way across America to see. Well, if you well, halfway told... across the world. Okay, right? okay, 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 okay. Liam. Yes. If you had a lost love sure. that lived on the other side of Australia, mm. and you told your, your your child this, yeah, and they secretly set up a road trip to go meet that lost love, yeah, would you be happy? If your situation with Bravo Streisand's situation, would you be thrilled? I'd be ecstatic. I think it would, <laughs> would, be, it would be wonderful. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Seriously. Totally. Like just to get out like... of the house. I would be so... <laughs> that's why I'm here. I mean, just anything... Just to... <laughs> anything to avoid the suicidal no, tendency. No, no, not at all. Just, to, just something new. You know, If they, somebody said, Hey, let's go to Perth. I would be like, Okay. Why Perth? And, out of all places. Well, Other side of Australia. Other side right? of Australia. There you go. You got me. See, there's flaws in your story. Hey, wait. Is, is my lost love there or not? Because don't set me up for failure, well, man. Right. Tell me who your lost love is and I'll tell you. I'm not playing your little games in my games. <laughs> well, no, we're missing one thing. What landmark would you want to see on the way? Yeah, do you want to what, see... What's the Grand Canyon? I want to see the, the Grand Australia. Canyon. I want to see the Grand Canyon. Well, the route, obviously. That's, um, a, that's a roundabout way to get to Perth. Though, yeah. What? Through the centre? <laughs> <laughs> Up and around. <laughs> through the centre of Australia? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the most... No, Liam, he wants to get a boat and go across the sea and then go to... Who are the pigs? Uh, Look at that. Look at that. The pigs the is Seth Rogen's favourite child childhood band because this is his room from when he was a kid yeah but who are the pigs I've never ever heard of them. they're right next to the line do you think yeah next to the hills yeah <laughs> you got it so when this film first started verging off the comedy spectrum because I would say the first 20 minutes would you would class as a comedy 
in terms of things. Like the mum's being very annoying, he's getting very embarrassed. But once you have this reveal of the real plot, which is this lost love, and we're aware that Seth Rogen is a failing salesman type. Mm-hmm. Did you feel comforted yeah, knowing it, where we're going? Now? It started leaning more towards Golden Globe nominations. <laughs> <laughs> you know that story, right, Liam? No. Oh, okay. What? Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. The best piece of trivia about this movie is which studio made this? I can't remember. Paramount. Paramount. Yeah. They were so confident that Barbara Streisand was not only going to get a Golden Globe nomination for her performance, but a Golden Globe win. That they, before even the announcement came out, congratulated her on her Golden Globe victory. They made an oh image. Oh my god. And they posted it online. <laughs> and then when she didn't get any nominations at all, they quickly, they quickly fired, retracted fired someone it. down way, way, way down low. <laughs> they quickly retracted it. They were so confident that this performance in this movie was going to receive and win an award. And that's where I agree with them. What do you think it should have won an award for? Well, I think she actually did win a Razzie, didn't she? Did she? Really? I don't think that's fair. I think yeah. out of the two, look, I don't think this is fair to say that this movie deserves any Razzie awards. I think that this film did deserve a Golden Globe nomination, at least for Barbra Streisand. I think she really did do a lot in this film. She hadn't acted for a little while as well as a, like a proper leading character. And if anyone deserves more criticism on this, on this, I think it's Seth Rogen. I really didn't like him in this movie. I, I like him as a person. He's a fairly like, unlikable character. Though. He's a fairly unlikable character, and I tended to be siding with his mother more. And I don't. Well, whose th- movie do you think it is? I think it's actually Barbara's movie. I think it's about her. I think it's her movie. It's her more than him. But he is our main character. <laughs> like he's our eyes. He's the audience character. Like really? you're supposed to be. The, the son in the situation going, oh, mums, right? And yeah. then it's like, I don't want to hear about her having sex. I don't want to hear about Barbara Streisand gobbying. You know, I don't want to hear about that. That is an image right there. <laughs> With, yeah, Barbara Streisand gobbing. If this, if this won an award, it should be, they should have won an award for the most active way in a... Uh, <laughs> really? In Not a, in an award for how many times can Seth Rogen eat during a scene? Because I counted eight times. Well, that was that was part during of his contract. Uh, not during one. Oh, just in scenes. He, he ate oh, during okay. eight scenes. In this scene, he started eating halfway through. It when you're so... an act, when you're executive producer, you can also demand. <laughs> well, Ryan, the, the the I want cooked eggs. The road trip is technically over eight days, so eight. He has to eat. Yeah. He has to eat. Yes. Rogan has to eat. But exactly. in this movie, it's saying Barbara Streisand. Rogan has eat. to eat. <laughs> That's a great motto. A Rogan has to eat. A Joe Rogan has to eat. Yeah. yeah. Um no, Barbara Streisand I think deserves a lot of a lot of praise in this movie because if you are going to come in with a negative mindset, if you are going to not if you know you're entitled not to like this film, but I I challenge you in saying that she's the problem of this movie. I think that she's the strength of this movie. Sure. I think Seth Rogen with his more uh, he's less buffoonish, I suppose. He's more, uh, yeah. He he, you know him more as a slacker type. So seeing him as the prudish type, and I don't think he's as good as good at it yet. Than say your Ben Stiller, who is a great prude. He's great at being mm. a prudish type. If this was the Secret Life of Walter Mitty and Barbara Streisand was in that movie, and he went on a road trip with her to sure. find the missing picture in that movie. This would have that been would have won a Golden Globe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of product placement in this movie, Bartek. Oh, yeah. Which product did you want to buy or use after seeing this film? Well, obviously the Skyoclean. Skyoclean. Did you guys have a problem reading that? When he held it up, I'm like, oh, that's Cyoclean, of course, yeah. before he even said the name. Everyone else, this is a movie where people suffer from severe dyslexia. It's great to see uh, uh, Lin- Lin-Manuel uh, <laughs> in this film too. Uh, before, 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 before Hamilton. Before Hamilton, yeah. yeah there he is. <laughs> that's great. You know, before he wrote the songs in Moana. Yeah. Oh. Shane That's all I know. That was the only one you know? Yeah. No. It's because it's the is, David is Bowie song one. No, I just said I I didn't know that was actually in the film. I just saying that. That's in the that's in the film. Well, that's in this film. It's weird that he wrote that before <laughs> Moana happened, and it was a really weird sequence and sequence. That's why it wasn't nominated. Where Barbra Streisand's obsessed with shiny <laughs> objects. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why it wasn't nominated for best original song because it was made years prior. <laughs> clearly, clearly ripping off <laughs> something that hadn't been made yet. So, what? was something that didn't happen in this movie that surprised you because with movies like this there's always an element that you're like all right i'm gonna see that definitely well there's no romance for uh there's no romance for seth yeah which was interesting which that's kind of the plot point that there is no well i mean she makes it a plot point yeah and i actually found that that to be very poignant to his character like Oh, I thought at the end he was going to get with his... He, he doesn't change. He's going to doesn't change the entire time. Well, no, that that can be good sometimes. He does change. You know what his character arc is? He learns to drink his own product. Yeah. Yeah. He's a modicum of self-esteem at the end of yeah, the... He learns to take constructive he learns criticism. to love yeah. an audiobook about hermaphrodite. So maybe that was, <laughs> that was a subplot that really didn't go anywhere, did it, though? What do you mean? It, it ended the film with that great line about standing at the door and wondering what's going to happen now. I, I nearly like teared up. Girl. You know that's a real book. Oh my god. Middlesex. My Is girlfriend it? had it. It was actually and it actually was recommended by Oprah. So this film is set in our world. That's oh, another. Well, you know what? It's just another product placement. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but this was years after the book came out. Maybe Barbara... You know what I think really happened? It was an unappreciated no, no, I think this is what happened. Yeah? Barbara Streisand's a director as well, right? So uh-huh. she has a lot of leeway in power. You know, she's Streisand. She walked into this film saying, Right, I want Middlesex to somehow be incorporated into my character. And, and Dan Fogelman, he was just like, I don't know what that is. And she's like, well... And gave him, like, the pack of CDs to listen to. And he really didn't want to. But then he's like, well, it is Barbra Streisand. I should give it a go. And Dan Fogelman's life was forever changed. And he wrote this script with that <laughs> story point in mind. No, so I, think, was... I think it's product placement. <laughs> no, I really think Barbra Streisand is a big fan of of that kind of book. So that was the first thing that, like, happened? Like, all right, yeah, yeah. make a movie Dan, out of this? Dan was even writing a movie. Barbara came in and went, Dan, write Dan. a movie, involve this. Go. What do you, uh, what, what else has Dan Fogelman done? What else has he done? Um, he's an actor, primarily. He? he is in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. He's the human character in that film. The little fat guy. Yeah. That's Dan Fogelman. He was also in my favourite Christopher Walken-based comedy, Balls of Fury. In which Christopher Walken is a ping pong champion, and 
His name is like Master Feng, and he's done in the full Asian garb, but he's still got Christopher Walken's accent and face, and it's never referred to if he is in fact Asian or not. No. <laughs> he's actually like, hey, now let's play ping pong. Ping pong. Pong. Now he could have played her son in this, I reckon. Because he's getting older and older. He does not age, so. Well, that's fascinating about Dan Felgerman, though. I need to find out more now. Dan Fogelman, yeah, he's yeah. an interesting, he's an yeah. interesting actor because he he was one of these, uh, and he wrote Crazy Stupid Love. Wow. And the thing about him is, as a performer, he did a very interesting thing in which I purposely chose this film with Dan Fogelman in mind for you because he is a fat comedian who screams and sings a lot in his comedies, <laughs> just like Jack Black. <laughs> And he was forever. Oh, the most, he was forever compared. You know what? I'm I'm not offended. I'm, not, I'm just disappointed. He was forever compared <laughs> in his career as Dan Fogelman was forever compared in his career until recently with Fantastic Beasts as the cheap man's Jack Black. Right. And I think that's unfair because I don't think Jack Black's written anything as amazing as The Goat Trip. Jesus, how cheap must that man be? Who Fogel? No, no. If you're a cheap man's Jack Black, like if you can't <laughs> afford Jack Black. How hey, down on your luck hey, must you be? Me. Jack Black is very good. He's very good in the film Bernie. You must be so. You <laughs> must be broke. Just he's so broke. <laughs> you know a homeless man? Even they can't afford Even they... Dan Fogel. <laughs> they have too much money wow. for Fogel. Wow. You need a dead corpse for Dan Fogel. Gee, you must be down on your so, luck. So. Now we are introduced to one of the main points of the film. Purse hook. I thought that was going to go somewhere, to be honest. That was something very interesting, Liam. Liam Sorry, could you say the word again? Purse hook. Purse, oh, right, purse hook. No, Perseus. Uh, Liam, yes. you're a comedy guy, and we had you on last time for year one, in which we talked about... Which I dispelled the myth that I was a comedy guy. It was good, yeah. Uh, no, in which we talked about improvisation used mm. in film and how it differs and, and all that and this film I don't think uses imp- that style of improvisation as much I feel like there is a more solid script but when it comes to formations of jokes you usually have a setup and a payoff this film for me had a lot of setups a lot of setups yeah. and no payoffs for no. some of them what is that about do you think life, what do you think, that's what do you life. think? That's life. yeah that's life that's yeah, just, like, this is reality it's a one thing I really wanted an answer to is and I want to know if you find this weird because I have to make my own answers and hear your answers. She uses bottled water. Mm. Very early on, she refills her bottled water. Mm. That's and a, he, it's a motif. And he looks at her with a strange look. What do you think that look meant? Like the, that America's water must be much like Adelaide's. Yeah? It's just filled with serial killers? Yeah, yeah. no, no, it's <laughs> terrible. Just, it's just like, what? Like clearly, clearly now. It's yet another product placement, I would have to say. Water, like, yeah. Why would you drink tap water when you're going to have bottled water? And this is the thing now. Through the eyes of Seth Rogen, the everyman, if you like, and of the world. And what's she doing currently? Yeah. I think she's going to be filling up a bottle of water. Well, there yeah, she there is. is. Yeah. But here's the thing. Is that, so that's how you interpret it. You think the water is terrible. They've paid The people who who make bottled water is, <laughs> have bought into this film to say, look, Thanks, you just make it look like tap water is shit. <laughs> so. Bartek, what about you? He gave a strange look, and it was like a poignant <laughs> look. Like, like oh, this is... This is going to lead up to something. Never did. But what do you think that look meant? What can we interpret from that? Maybe it was... A pol- you kind of said it that it's kind of a, a promotion of bottled water, but maybe it was a political statement. 
do you think? You know, maybe, yeah, he was saying vote Trump because apparently <laughs> she said, and I quote, but this is the you're year. my little Donald Trump. I so maybe he was saying but this was vote a- Trump because he's going to get rid of water. So you're thinking we've stumbled across some sort of conspiracy of laying the groundwork for Trump and, <laughs> and the bottled water industry. In this industry. film, made in the year where Mitt Romney and Obama were going up against each other. I see, I so see. ahead of time. No, she uh, knew. <laughs> That's why she made Dan write the script. Yeah, I think Dan see, needs to apologise. You're, you're going ahead of time. I was going to make a joke about, oh, there's fluoride in the water. Communists must be behind it. But yeah, that's, that's well, much better. Like, hold on. We've got a poignant line here in which, did you know Hitchhikers? Good, they rape. That, 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 that was in the big, trailer. That was a big drop that was there. in the trailer? Yeah. I really thought Comedy. that was going to be a setup no, for not. when they do pick up a Chica well, and if you look Epster Raper. If, then... if you look up... Um, <laughs> and then he has a new dad. If you look up uh, uh, the blooper reel for this film... Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is yeah. great. It's essentially not a blooper reel. It's just like... It's outtakes. It's, yeah, it's, yeah of, of essentially more unfunny scenes. Wait, and, uh, unfunny? They were funny. <laughs> yeah, terribly sorry. I mean, I funny, hilarious scenes. I uh, loved it, but rape. an extended, an extended uh, uh, scene about rape, which is like uh, Barbara Streisand and this guy eyebrows. This is how he acts. This was also in the trailer. Eyebrows. This guy. This mm. is this changed the trailer. In fact, like, picking up the hitchhiker was also in the trailer. Well, and the raping part was also. So in the, they the had the setup and the payoff in the trailer for the rape mm. thing. There you go. No, sorry, the hitchhiker thing. I no, you can say rape thing. I thought his look. Okay, this is a serious answer. That mm. look that Seth gave. I thought. He was disgusted at the fact that she refills used bottles of water. Like, she's already used it, and he's been given a bottle from her, so it's like, ugh, germs? Because his whole thing is cleaning products? Yeah, no. maybe. I and think, I was like, I, but then there was never maybe. set up that he's germophobic in any fashion. Like, a thing like that usually plays through a bit more, Like, but it never happens. So this movie, like I said, it's life. Quirks of characters... You don't get to know fully because you know why? We don't get to fully know anyone, including ourselves. Maybe they just wrote the script like, look, look I, don't, I don't know what the payoff is, but let's just have a whole bunch of setups and we'll get to it eventually. That doesn't sound like the cheap man Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> let's just film it and, I have and to be we'll, honest with you. we'll see what happens on the day. And that doesn't sound like no, Barbara no So hold on, so in the scene where Seth Rogen was disgusted at the fact that someone was putting in the image in his head that he would be sleeping with his mum, you were thinking about germs? Yeah, because he doesn't want her cum germs on his dick, oh, obviously. Oh! <laughs> well, this just took a turn. For the best. If there are any children listening, you need to ask your parents to This explain. is not a kid's film either, but I heard it has rape in it. The, well, the inference well, of the rape. It has references to... Reference, but it's but more, yet again, more of a we've done message. kids' movies, actual kids' movies with actual rape in it so it's okay man that yeah said that, Trinian's really turned your head around yeah. well I get a little because a kids movie but uh, you would if you yeah. watched it I do like this man from La Mancha uh, uh, set up as well it's very good yeah that actually had a payoff yeah yeah it was really good so it got topped when we were watching this did we suspect that, spoiler alert people mm. that poor old Andy the this real Andy, Andy. Like the first Andy for Andy Senior oh yeah was alive or dead technically there are three Andys yeah. and then there are the Andys as in the location <laughs> so it really mixes it up oh, so, yeah yeah yeah, oh, they just I just got that then the, the third Andy um, yeah you know what I, I no I thought I thought that was going to be the payoff 
that you know, you actually get that alive thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I was actually a bit surprised. Yeah. When, I, I was too. When Adam Scott opened up the door, and I'm like, oh, he's a lot younger than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> and then he's like, you're the son. And I'm like, oh, oh that's kind of cute. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to know the dad if they look like an older version of Adam Scott. But isn't it great to get all these uh, other great comedy actors into these roles? Colin mm. Hanks, uh, yeah, Adam Scott, to get these roles where yeah, they yeah. actually have no comedy lines. Miriam Margolis, who is one of the yeah. funniest women in the 20th century, apparently. And she's very English, and yeah. she does not speak in this film. She does, <laughs> but I, I can actually quote her line, which was something like, a mouthful of food going, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was it. And I know. She, she's the one named Anita, right? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, she's Anita. Maybe. Oh, well, that clears everything up. Because that's the one that's referred to all yeah. the time. I don't, yeah, sure. I love I love Miriam Margolis' appearance in this movie. It was really poor. Now, this is the thing. This movie doesn't have a lot of outsider characters outside of these two. Like, no secondary characters that you can really... Yeah, no recurring characters. Yeah, like, each character comes and goes, and that's that happens a lot in Road 2 movies, Road Trip movies, but at least in, say, the you know, Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, there's characters from that movie that appear in one scene that you can still remember to this day. Like, there's a yeah. character in that movie who's inferred that she gave birth sideways, and I still remember her, but in this movie, I kind of forgot that the only character I'll be honest I remember other than Adam Scott because it was Adam Scott was uh the the bartender at the topless bar that showed no boobs sure and because that was the same woman who played Windy Wendy in Breaking Bad and I'm like oh there you go <laughs> she can do stuff other than being a hooker she can work in a strip club there oh, you go Hollywood so many opportunities Liam yes you have a mother Yes, yeah. Is she along, with, along with the majority of the population. Not yes. everyone has a mum. And we sure. know what the Polish title title is. Mama Ia. Mama Ia. Mama Ia. Like a, it sounds like a Mexican a fiesta. You have a mum? Yeah. Now imagine, have either of us, have all of us had to go on long car trips or journeys with our mum? Uh, not recently. Define, but in general, in life. Yeah. Define long. <laughs> More than two hours. A few times. I've... Go more with my dad whenever I see him. Alright, so, mum's up, right? Yeah. Are there usually a stress-free time to go on a long car journey with your mother? Look, two, like a two-hour journey, yeah, sure. That's that's fine. But if you were doing like eight days, I reckon that would be that would be a stretch. And do you guys get on with your mums? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, clearly you have some issues. I like my mum, but I don't want to spend an eight-hour car trip with her. Well, like I said, no, I don't think anybody really does. Eight-hour, eight-day. Any hour. Any hour. <laughs> you knew. Anything with the eight in it. Anything uh, with eight involved. Eight minutes, eight seconds. Well, I just wonder, like, uh, you know, at what point what, at what point do you just then go, yes, uh, let's just sit in silence for a while. Yeah. Uh, four seconds in. Well, there you go. So, but we we can can we relate with our own experiences to Seth's plight that mothers can be a bit annoying, a bit embarrassing, a bit intrusive. Yes, of course, that's the human condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I think this movie really captures. Unlike, well, but likewise, like... sons can be shits and self-absorbed. <laughs> Ryan, no, yeah, Ryan, Liam, <laughs> Liam. I know you're talking about yourself. <laughs> so, Ryan, I know you're referring to like the car trip, but I think. Uh, a more accurate one, at least for me, would be like when they were in the waiting room just before, and she was like trying to fix his hair. And it's you like, had what that happen. Not so much the hair, but trying to fix you as a person. Yeah, sure. 
My, you have my, severe mental problems and your mum's still upset about close, it. Close, Ryan. Close. We need to talk about Bartek, my favourite movie. Actually, Ryan, <laughs> actually, Ryan, mental is close, but it's actually more dermatological. I, I suffer from dandruff. That's I've very suffered. mental, yeah. It's very <laughs> close to the mental parts of the body, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, sure. Apparently. It can, aff- it, can it can affect quite a few men. And you, know what if, you know what gets rid of dandruff? Cyoclean. Oh, oh, that's nice my problem. Way, but anyway, yeah, I get I get a lot of dandruff from my shoulders, and I always just get like pats out of nowhere. I'm like, stop it! Wait, wait, wait! You get dandruff from your shoulders? Uh, the land on my shoulders. Oh, I see. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 you have such really bad shoulders. Not from. Oh. <laughs> that's some hairy shoulders. You know, you know, a movie really uh, eloquently solves that problem. The movie Evolution with David Duchovny, in which they defeat aliens with head and shoulders, because it also solves dandruff and aliens. So really, that's the answer to that problem for you. So movies are essentially just product placement, is what you say. What, this movie? Oh, this one in particular, yeah. Yeah, of boobs? My favourite mm, product. That's an interesting It's an interesting shot, isn't it? It's red. It's lit with red, which means a lot in film. Sure. No? You don't agree yeah, with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, He's one of my favourite characters, I will be honest. I love Stripper, who is really good with cars. I think it's an interesting... She has a name, Ryan. What's her name? Exactly. <laughs> I just remember that she had a name. Yeah, it was a stripper name, I think, too. Yeah. Uh, she was one of my favourite characters because I, what I love about these type of characters is they, they and with this whole film, they, they, they go against the expectations. They go against the character type. You think, oh, bimba we chick who's a stripper in the middle of, where is it, Texas? Where are they? Somewhere. They're on the to way to say. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And you're thinking, Tom oh, Hattie. she's not going to be. Texas, the states, they are. She's not going to be useful, but no, she's really good with cars. They should have taken her on the rest of the trip. That, that, that would have been an interesting plot point. <laughs> the guilt trip would have had a new meaning. Yeah. In which you know he has sex with a stripper, and his mum's there. It's really awkward. They have to deal with that issue. Mm. Fixing his hair. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. him. Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop! Not now, mom. Mom, if you're gonna do anything, assist. Jeez. <laughs> Grab. Make yourself useful. Make yourself useful. Grab the rogue meat. Jeez. I imagine that's what he calls his dick, the rogue meat. Oh, that's what you were talking. about Oh yeah, I had no idea what you were talking about there. That was, that's interesting. Because <laughs> his name's Rogan. Right, the rogue meat. Anyway, his dick's so massive, it's rogue. He goes out rogue. It's detached from him as an individual. Ryan, Ryan, do you call yours the Slewinky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously. The Slewinky Slinky. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? And Liam just calls him Gives Her Amour. Amour <laughs> <laughs> is just love in, in any language. So Fun fact. Liam, when we first when we first properly met in your class of uh, improvisation, mm. You taught us a great, amazing memory exercise in which... I've forgotten what it was. In which you had to go one-on-one with a person and you had to listen to them and remember as much basic information as possible. The name, where they came from, all that. Yeah. And Liam was like, I'm Liam. I had Liam. I was paired with you because there was no one else. And you were like, I'm Liam. And you were telling me about your last name. <laughs> Is that what said? Like a sort of Mexican bandit. Is that what I well, yeah, I'm Liam. <laughs> no, in all fairness, you would have been more like, I'm an old man. And true, that's true. Liam would tell me about your last name. And then your first name was like, it's spelled two L's because it's Welsh. And I was like, my name's Ryan. It's Lewinsky and all this. And well, yeah, we had to then say to everyone in the class... 
what we remembered of mm. this person. And Liam, without skimming a beat, turns around and goes, this is James. <laughs> <laughs> and you got every other piece of information correct. And I thought to myself, this is me being cool. He's the teacher. He's obviously demonstrating how you do it incorrectly. But then he moved on. And he moved on to someone else. What a dick. He moved on to someone else. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's Ryan. And you're like, oh, it is. It is. How can I forget? If it makes you feel better, I was I was in a separate class from yours, and we did the same exercise, and I was also paired with Liam, and, and he didn't, and he was flawless. Well, thank you, thank like you. a diamond. Thank you, George. Thank you. Now we've missed our cameo appearances from, <coughs> Colin, from Hanks. Colin Hanks and an unnamed wife. No, she's an Australian actress. Is she? She's in the TV show Chuck. Ah, oh, there you go. And she, her first TV appearance was in the great TV show. Of Australian comedy called Double the Fist. Really? It's a great show. I remember Double the Fist. It was great. You should have been on. Why weren't you on it, Liam? You're on everything else. You're on I wasn't fisty enough. Fist worthy is the phrase they use. Uh, get it right. Uh, oh, man. So, this film has a lot of car trips, Bartek. You know, I've been on a lot of car trips in my life, I can say the least. Have you had a car? Has anyone ever had a car trip this interesting? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've, yes, yes. So just going to the local shops <laughs> yeah. is pretty, pretty exciting. I've got to say. To do tell. Uh, compared to, to this, uh, I've, I've been. I've had some uh, some pretty great car car trips. We drove to Canberra one year for a, a, the surrealist exhibition. That was lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, another year, uh, I actually drove. I drove up through the middle of Tasmania, missing logging trucks. That was a little bit similar to the earlier scene. Oh, it wow. wasn't snowing though, but it was very similar. And uh, um, yeah, I, I actually enjoy I enjoy the the road trip. I, I like a, a big long drive. There you go, Bartek. Uh, when I was in year eight, my dad rented a caravan, <coughs> and uh, he, we basically took I think a week and a half off from whatever we were doing in our normal lives, like I was year eight, um, to go to Uluru and back. And oh. I remember a few things happened on that trip, but I think one of the most unexpected things was that we were driving you know middle of the desert and we see a large vehicle coming our way and there was a tank on the back an army uh, tank yeah so i guess Great. it was like some military people were passing by so we had to like stay on the side of the road and we just watched the tank roll american by. tanks with american tanks were they camouflaged uh well i didn't hear any guns well he saw it so it was not anything so but if it's raised off the ground, it's not much of a camp. It was camouflaged as a as a tank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was actually just a camper van. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah. No, tank of water. Yes. It was a big tank of water, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the weirdest tank. I've had many interesting car trips. You know, I, I, I live in a small country town called Kempsey and whenever we had to go to Sydney it was six hour nearly six hour drive sure. to there. And we had to go there a lot because I had relatives and there was like many a many a many a times having to go down there and nearly dying because it is a long trip. And I remember the one time we were stuck in a traffic That's jam. That's pretty drastic. Yeah. You nearly died. We've nearly died several times because the roads were pretty dangerous and the highways were pretty dangerous. And one time we were stuck in a traffic jam for, for in our six-hour journey, might I add. Mm-hmm. We were stuck in a traffic jam because someone died. <laughs> yeah. Right. Someone crashed and died. We were stuck there for seven hours. And we couldn't move anywhere. It was like, and it was the hottest day ever. And I remember my parents with the CD player, they honestly always had the same eight CDs in the car all the time. Didn't matter. It was always 
like TNT by ACDC, every album, which at that time was three albums by the band The Cruel Sea, and the band Tism, and like all this stuff. And it was Your just like. rock. Yeah, they do rock. And I remember just sitting in this car listening to the same albums again and again because there was nothing else to do. We couldn't even get out of the car. It was just that kind of crazy stuff. Like putting up the the, the, the towels in the windows so that way mm. you wouldn't get burnt or as hot. It was, it was a living nightmare. And I think this film really could have... This is what this film... This film didn't have a traffic jam at any point. Like, they didn't get stuck. That's that's American. They never even... They got stuck, stuck in a different way, but that was because of ice. I think psychologically... They, they got stuck. stuck from ice, the severe drug habit. You know, like, that's... Seth Rogen does drugs, but not ice. He's an organic, that's a he's an organic chemist. That's a Barbara Streisand thing. Yeah. He's a biochemist, so he... Biochemist, that's right. He was, well, I think he does drugs because of that, you know, boy James from down the road. What? James Franco. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that James Franco, he's a bad influence on, on poor Seth Rogen. He's been there since Freaks and Greeks. That, that's right. That damn that's Franco. Right. I mean, why can't he be a good boy like Paul Rudd, who does not age a day? That's the uh, that's the best thing about Paul Rudd. It's spooky. It's, spooky. it's like, remember when Johnny Depp didn't age, and then one day... Do it, he got, God, <laughs> they got weird really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was... I feel like Johnny Depp was flawless. Like, look the same for years, and everyone he, made a joke about, like, oh, he doesn't age, like, Keanu Reeves doesn't age. And then Johnny Depp hits boom. his wife, and then, boom, gravity hit. And it's just like, that's what you get. It was before being... that, it was when he lost his French wife. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's when yeah. he did, it's actually when he did The Lone Ranger, he aged. No, before that, it was, it was yeah. before that, yeah, there was one, one or two before All that. right, Crybaby, he aged. No, no, Crybaby was still in his prime, in his, in his, in his, best his film Dorian ever. Gray prime. But, um... Yeah, no, I think I think the minute Vanessa Paradis, then he, he and her broke up. It was all downhill after that for him. Poor, poor Johnny Depp, a no, tragic hero. No, no, no <laughs> tears, no tears shed for that man. <laughs> no, come on, don't you love him in Dark Shadows, the Tim Burton classic on the? I saw that was a weird film. That, huh? was a, that was a weird film, wasn't it? Yeah, it had Eva yeah. Green, and it's a had something going for it. it was this like it, it was? trying to be too many things was hey you know what I liked about Dark Shadows that Michelle Pfeiffer I miss seeing Michelle Pfeiffer and everything she is good like she's a good actress as well as attractive like but she's good I like Michelle Pfeiffer and that's what this movie I like about it is it brings back someone that has been gone from the spotlight for a little while someone who hasn't been there and that is of course Seth Rogen no it is <laughs> it is just like a year after the Green Hornet right Barbra Streisand you know she did Meet the Fockers she's done one or two things and she did Little Fockers before this yeah sure and yeah, Barbara Streisand is a screen presence you know Liam have you seen many of her films or any um you know what no 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 I haven't I mean I I, like I said I'm a fan of the 60s films so I know the era but I, actually to be honest I haven't seen Funny Funny Face or What's Up Doc or any of those funny things girl. Funny Girl yeah. Funny Face is Audrey Hepburn that's right that's right see some are not when I say I'm a fan I'm more. I an know observer. it. <laughs> <laughs> I know they made films in the '60s. Yeah, uh, the '60s is that era that I I don't like. You know what? As I've much. had a sherbet bomb. Okay, so just my brain's fizzing. <laughs> That's code for drugs. Liam, <laughs> Liam I don't I don't want to brag. I, said, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say anything. But Liam is in I the had entertainment a massive, industry, and he. Does, I rolled up some rogue meat, and you know, I had a split. Liam said to me before we did this podcast, he said, "Boys, if you want to do some grass." <laughs> Stay off the local stuff, you know, like 
apparently it's no good. You know, it has bindi eyes it's, it's, and causes exactly, deep green understands. Exactly. You know, no, you can't watch James that. from down the road. That's exactly cool. it. He Leo is Franco. James Franco. Like if you could see what Liam looked like right now, he looks exactly like James Franco. <laughs> you know, in <laughs> the Franco w- <laughs> the way of Johnny Depp. In the yeah. way of Oz the Great and Powerful. Where, Can I just where, say where, this where, scene? This scene in particular is very powerful. It's yeah. a, it's the turning point. It is the turning point. And it's Seth Rogen just became. And I like when an asshole to his mom. These road trip movies like this with due date and planes, trains. I like when when the filmmaker or the writer puts this turning point yeah, the in snap. the film. Like in planes, trains, it's very early on. Like mm. it's them living in a hotel room for the first time, and you have this iconic scene where Johnny, John Candy's like, "I like me." And due date, I don't even remember a turning point scene in due date. I'm sure there was one. There it is, the classic line. What did I do? Did I love you too much? That's such a Have we heard that from our parents before? (laughs) Did I love you too much? I hear my parents. (laughs) Did I hear it enough? Did I I hear... Yeah, my parents never hear that from them. (laughs) They were like, oh, we love you adequately. Yeah, we love you just enough. And this is the bit where we get the first and only piece of real swearing from Streisand. Yeah, and that actually kind of threw me off. Like, oh, there's an F word in this film. Now drink your fucking water. I was a bit surprised, but I was very that glad was that... Weird. That was such a good impression. I thought that was her for a second. I am her. That was amazing. Can you make it a bit more Australian, though? <laughs> Just to make it, like, more comfortable for us. Where's your fucking water, you cunt? No, I was actually very happy to hear the fuck from her. What about you? Because <laughs> <laughs> it would be more stereotypical of Seth Rogen, the guy who is from a generation of comedy and film where fuck is just every second word. Mm. But, Ryan, I mean, he did just cuss out his mum but I think he knows not to swear in front of his mum mm. he's mm. a good boy mm. but I guess if you really want me to answer that I guess I'm glad that she gave a fuck mm. <laughs> Liam do you give a fuck <laughs> in life <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't right well there you go sitting. that answered everything we needed um, I no. love this I love this bar this what bar. a great little bar to go. I like the guy that hits Seth such a Rogen. tiny bar, and yet so many white, so many, so many cowboys. I thought you were gonna say so many whites. <laughs> so many whites. <laughs> I did too. Such a tiny bar, so many Why white people. Why are you bringing this up, Liam? Wow. They're in rural areas, Texas, or wherever. Um, now, can we mention the really big elephant in the room? I guess if you really want to. The big elephant, which Seth is Seth Rogen. No, what? What are you talking about? Oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be prepared for this. We mentioned Jerry Seinfeld, and we mentioned Rogan, and we mentioned this. The fact that yeah, this, these characters are very Jewish in this film. Yeah. We haven't really had a film about very Jewish characters before. And I don't think... And the what? great thing about this film is... Oh, on that, this podcast. On this podcast. Right. No, Schindler's List <laughs> wasn't Jewish enough. Um, what I like about this is when you think, oh, Jewish, you're going, oh, okay, they're obviously talking about being Jewish all the time. There's never a reference to them being Jewish, really. It's just their mentality and both actors being very Jewish in real life. And I find that a very refreshing thing to have within these characters. It's different. Well, I think it's like, it's the, the title is the plays into that stereotype of the Jewish mother and, and that's the and the, the sense idea. of guilt yeah and the sense of guilt that's a, well that could be any mother really but it's a it's very the, Catholic thing too guilt yeah that's right but the the fact that you have Seth and Barbara playing the two roles you go well that's that's clearly that, that that's the world that they're playing into but yeah the fact that it's not laid on with a trowel I think is quite a redeeming feature yeah because yes. that's this, this, oh my god go. no no you go 
big bruise. Did he slap him, by the way? Was that a no, sl- what he actually did, did was... Oh, he slapped him, yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say what I mentioned, which was the bruise is much lower on the face than where the guy hit him. The guy hit him at where the hairline is. Right. I just, just got to point that out. So when I was Googling stuff about this film after I watched it, one of the results was... I can't remember the exact name, but it was an Australian website, jewishsomething.net.au. Mm. And there was a movie review for this film. Yeah. And basically the whole review was just picking every single element of this film that had anything to do with, like, Jews. Sure. Do you find that the internet's a disgusting place sometimes? But but in what way? Like, was it was it, was it from a... Theological standpoint, built, a like it was, a, it was, a, was it a, a Jewish website looking at like wasn't it was it wasn't Jewish enough or kind of the first sentence was pointing out the fact that even though there is so many Jewish people in this film and and behind the scenes too. and behind the scenes they'd never mention like the word Jew or anything like that do despite they, how obvious do they it is. need to that's the thing like but the review right. really came across like there needed to be more. Jew in the film. Not enough Jew. If this was a Mel Brooks directed film, there would have been more. Like it was Jewish, but not Jew enough. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was Jewish, but not Judeo. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, no, I, I I I take this very very well. Like this is a film in which you just have Jewish people, obviously playing Jewish characters, but that's not their character. Like you could say she's meeting the stereotype of the Jewish mother. Sure, but that's not like the butt of the joke that's not being like well, everyone else's not... reacting being like yeah. oh these Jewish well, people I guess they're kind of updating the, the, the cliche a little yeah, bit yeah she's like she is an updated version of Jerry Seinfeld's mum in the TV show Seinfeld sure, like sure. she actually looks like her too the mum from Seinfeld like with the hairstyle and all the mum in the Seinfeld was a bit fatter though wasn't she yeah she was old <laughs> but she's also Barbara Streisand this is thing. I mean you can't <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't escape the fact that she is Barbara every Streisand woman, every Jewish woman is either played by Barbara Streisand or Sarah Silver there's no in between line. You have to have the blonde well, or the dark hair Jewish. Well, what about the mum from Seinfeld? <laughs> that was Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Liam just went through this. Are you not listening to the wisdom of Liam Amore? I mean, jeez, jeez. Now talking about your wisdom, Liam. Ryan, twist my words so it's good. Liam, yeah. talking about your wisdom. Yeah. Okay. We go back to the year 2012 when this film was made. Yeah, we sure. just met you. Yeah, we had a, only one university unit with you. We only had you once. Yeah. we never had you for anything else, and we never interacted with you yeah. outside of that university that setting that until was, this show. You could have, but I, I actually no, organized no, it so uh, so you didn't. Oh, well, Liam once said happy birthday to me when we passed. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah. So Liam gave me, and this is true, Liam. I, I wanted to bring this up on the podcast last time. Yes, James. You gave me one of the best feedbacks in my journal, in which you said, and I think this applies. To oh, you forgot to mention comedy this last films time. like this, which was remember to use comedy for good, not evil. That's what you wrote. <laughs> so I wrote in your journal, and I thought about, and you never, and you didn't give any further detail. That's what. That's all you wrote. Was, use comedy <laughs> for good, not evil. And I, I found it very profound because How a university cryptic. lecturer would be like, or tutor would be like, you know, the journal needs to be a bit longer, or. Hey, that performance was very good. And it was a dynamic range of voice. But you were like, use comedy for good, not evil. And mm-hmm. it stuck with me when I've watched movies, like newer movies. And I think that's the problem what I have with like Will Ferrell movies. And, 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 and with this, my interpretation of what that meant. And this movie, I feel, uses comedy for good, not evil. Like it mm. could use it to enforce stereotypes, to go down the trodden path and instead this is a movie where the drama plays more into it and the comedy 
is the topping on top. Yeah, well, the yeah the the stereotypes are thin on the ground to start with, I guess, really, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they sort of, uh, I guess, the more you delve into the, it's it's more, you know what, it's more of a mother son stereotype mm. relationship than it is a Jewish thing, I think. Yeah, and, and like, I think there's uh, like uh, you actually they they're playing that more than it is anything else. Yeah, and I think that's an okay stereotype to play with because... <coughs> By the way, here's the crowd approval scene, I should point out. Yay! Yeah, you know, Everyone, I think, can approve more of a parental, like, stereotyping thing because mm. each person in most... Most people understand that more on a level and blowing that out of proportion, you can't... I don't know, you can't really demonise it to such mm. an ex- such a crazy extent as you can with, say... Uh, faith-based or, or racial stereotypes. I wonder what kind of film this would have been had they played that up more. Like, like I think if you had someone like, you know, if you, if you didn't have Seth Rogen as the son, but someone who was more straight-laced and a bit more sort of uptight, then you probably could have pushed that Jewish mother thing to an extent. Yeah, yeah. That would have been you know, like, and yeah. and and that's the thing. Barbara Streisand, she's playing this the best she can, and it's easy for like she did in Meet the Fockers. She can play the 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 stereotype of that too hard. Like sure. I think that can be stated. She's very Jewish mum in in uh, Meet the Fockers. You know, even though that's not really a character type that they're doing in that film either. But in this film, she's a lot more played down. Right. And I want to check out her body of work to see because she's done comedies, she's mm-hmm. done serious stuff, she directed. Yeah. Her husband's a more interesting character. What? Her husband's insane. What? I think it's her. or It's her or Liza Minnelli. One of the two. <laughs> I can't remember which one, but you know, like, they both operate in the same sphere. Like, they both overlap in the same yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, do. you know, I would say Barbara Streisand is a pretty amazing performer. If you look at the body of her career. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, in terms of they're both singing and dancing. Sure, and, sure. And, you know, very glammy, you know, mm-hmm. from their times as well and yeah. all that. One of the husbands is a producer who mm-hmm. produces lots of things and he produced the he was going to produce the Superman with Nicolas Cage that was written by Kevin Smith and was going to be directed <laughs> by, by Tim, Tim Burton, Burton. Yeah. and Kevin Smith has informed the world upon this guy he's very very flamboyant I think he was he met Streisand or Minnelli I can't remember which one by being their hairdresser and they're very flamboyant, and he, he just wants movies with one thing. He said, Superman, I don't want him to fly. I don't think that would be realistic. That's what he said for Superman. Get rid of the cape, because Superman's like me. He's from the streets. That's <laughs> <laughs> something he said. This guy is an upper-class rich guy. He's from the streets. And he said, and I'll allow laser vision only if he gets to fight a giant spider at the end. And he was like, oh, and they were like, okay. That's a fair trade-off. That's and a fair Kevin trade-off. Smith had to write a giant spider at the end of this. And he's like, okay, then the movie got scrapped. And he did a few more projects. And, you know, like, Kevin Smith's like, hey, to these other producers, this guy wants me to put a giant spider in. And like, oh, he wants that again. <laughs> and it was like, this, this guy wanted for his career, he had already been there for years and years. Every movie, he would try and pitch to have a giant spider. spider in there. And then... Did, did he have anything to do with it? No. But then, Kevin Smith detailed this. The one movie he saw was Wild Wild West. 
And the producer's name was there, and that movie ends with a giant mechanical spider that everyone who has seen that movie goes, why is that there? Like, it's really cool. And the answer is because that guy has been campaigning for a giant mechanical spider or spider in general for years. Once the film was made, he dropped dead and went, my life, my work is done. No, Streisand, no, you can have a career. (laughs) Because during that time, she kind of stepped away from the limelight. Sure. If that's her husband, I don't you know. know. Just getting back to the film for a second, you know, because that's why we're here. Uh, the, um, the 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 guy who plays the cowboy in this film, I, I, sexy man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like him. I like him too. He comes across as a charming, genuine uh, g- gentleman. Yeah, and, and I thought he was going to be a creep for yeah, some reason. Yeah, like, I mean, who is this guy? Yeah, it's like too good to be true. But they yeah. leave it. They leave it on a really nice note. The tip of the hat, and that was it. That was good. Yeah, and I liked the, how much he was in it for. Yeah. Like, he was just... I liked him. I would actually want to see his movie. Where it's his journey coming to this point. Because apparently he's come here before lots, but he's on a business trip. He comes here for the American experience. I liked him, actually. Like, I, I actually think they're a well-paired duo as well. Like, from the little interactions that we had of both of Streisand and him, I think they worked very well. Like, I believe... It's weird that you have movies like Fifty Shades of Grey, Twilight, where they spend four movies building up a relationship and you don't believe it but a film like this which is you know like not the most acclaimed it's unappreciated what it's is not she, trash what but is she drinking there by the way is that the blood of the producer or is it... uh, no that's her husband oh, they, said, <laughs> they said what it was earlier but I forgot it was, uh, it was a shot of sauce or something it was a shot of some oh, the salad, of side, side salad drink. shrimp drink yeah that's uh, it yeah. shrimp yeah. it was a or shrimp shot uh, and no Cowboy guy, you know, he he and, and Barbara Streisand, Joyce, they have, what, this small interaction together. Yeah. And I buy their relationship more than a lot of modern relationships in sure. films. Yeah, and it's not even an official relationship. No. The last relationship I could buy this much was uh, Brad Pitt. And uh, what's her name in uh, Allied? Marion Cotillard? Yeah. Did They're, you see Allied? Yes. Oh, fine. And they're like the other people that I'm like, I believe these two. Really? And these two, I believe. Sure. See, this is the capability of acting, Liam. Hollywood, take note. Liam, you've acted. Yes. Have you had to be the the partner, boyfriend, husband, and have you ever had to build up a relationship? Have you ever been in something where you've had to have a character build up a relationship like this before? Um... <laughs> yeah. Oh my! I'm just gonna, I'm just leafing through my IMDb page in my mind. Um, neighbors, <laughs> neighbors, underbelly, underbelly. <laughs> we had to build up a relationship with Vince Colosimo. Dead in all of them. Uh, I think in, in in neighbors once when I was playing a stalker uh, slash bodyguard, and I built up a relationship with my uh, stalky slash um, victim. victim. Yeah, who who had hired me as the bodyguard. Um, oh. Yeah, it was it was really really weird, and and there was a moment where where we had we came to, we we actually had to kiss on on camera. Oh yeah. And we had we were doing rehearsals, and uh, she said uh, she was much younger than, than me, but and she said, look, um, uh, I said, oh, you know, how do you want to do this? How do you want to do this? And she said, well, it's um, with protection. You know, uh, she said, well, <laughs> we'll we'll lean in for the kiss, but we won't actually do it until the until the tape. Uh... So I was like, oh, fine, okay, fine. So I was like, oh, you know, you you know what, you're, you're the regular on this show. Yeah, you know what you like. I'm just a guest. I'll come in today. So, so we're doing rehearsals, and every time we do go and lean in for the kiss, we'd go 
too far. And then just stop. And then we go, right. It was oh. always weird, you know. Yeah, you just stop. And then the director comes up and goes, do it. Look, you guys know you have to kiss, right? I'm like, I'm getting mixed messages here. What do I do? And I, so then, then, then we went in for the kiss on the actual take and it was like, oh, it was, it was fine. fine. It was adequate. Done. Yeah, because, you know, I'm, you know, I haven't done as many acting things and the idea of having to play a character in a film like this, say, where you have to build a chemistry out of so little. Like, they do have so little in the script to work with to build a chemistry. I just find it interesting how certain actors, or certain performers come to do that like how they interpret doing that in any in any form and trying to elevate material that has nothing there for them it's, it's, it's that's always interesting like how, how do you i mean it depends like i've i've met other actors who who are so relaxed and kind of open that you suddenly have that instant rapport yeah and then there are other actors who are just business yeah and you're like um all right, uh, all right you walk do. around block do the thing all right and then it's not until the actual take that they charm okay. up, if you like, you know. Um, but it depends, yeah. It depends on the on the on the, uh, I guess how how they run the shoot, how they uh, how much rehearsal time you get with the person. Like like well, these two are also producers, so it allowed yeah. them a lot more leeway. Like yeah, Seth yeah, and, yeah. and Barbara to work out that chemistry mm, as so well for mother and son. Things, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, the great thing is you've. Also, the the opposite is also true, which is, you know, actors and actresses who hate each other in real life then often come across as having fantastic sexual tension on screen, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because they, then they make a much better uh, sex scene or whatever, for, for whatever reason, because they can't stand each other. And that translates through this incredible sort of uh, yeah. passion. You know, passion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's my favourite, my favourite, guys. For, for a guy who looks like he's homeless, his teeth are great. He's just a hitchhiker. Ryan. Yeah, but he yeah, looks... Yeah, gee, you just assume a lot there, Ryan. Hey! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Don't you team up on me. I'm here defending this movie from the vultures out there. <laughs> I'm asking the questions here. Bartek, you got any questions for us? Why did you think he was homeless, Ryan? Because <laughs> of all the semen stains on his jacket, I just thought he gave gobbies. And oh. that usually infers homelessness. Okay. Do you know that this scene, for all its build-up, was also in the trailer? Was it really? <laughs> yes. I actually quite like this joke. This great. It's like, how long do we have to look at this Grand Canyon? I really identified with yeah. that. I yeah, watched you... this with my housemate, who's very pretentious, and he said, Americans are terrible. And I'm like... I'm terrible. At what point did he say that? At this about point? them being like, oh, 10 minutes? Right. Yeah, 10 minutes. He's like, ah, oh, the Americans are terrible. They can't take anything in. And I'm like, yeah. am I bad there? Am I American? Because I know if I saw a giant pile of rocks, I wouldn't be too impressed. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, not every road trip has to be like, you know, spiritual changing. Hmm. It can't all be. Morgan Freeman's development in the film Nurse Betty. It can sometimes be Seth Rogen being like, ah, it's a rock, can I go home? Like I said, his character doesn't change, essentially. He does change. By the very end of the film, he's like, all right, see you, He learns to smile at the end. (laughs) I guess that just goes back to that this is the whole mother and son dynamic. So as a son, he changes, but as a person, you know, he's still the same. Well, he's, he's, he's he's maybe closed a few... 
uh, coffins. You know, because his dad died. Well, his dad died, but also the, that first uh, his first girlfriend thing. That kind of uh, yeah, a bit of closure for that. I really like the first girlfriend storyline thing because it isn't resolved. Like he still has to carry that like burden of proposing to her and getting sure. rejected and missing out on the life he could have had. It's not like look. There's the bag. The bag's there. Cut back. The guy picked it up. What are you on about? Jeez. Where is it? The, the bag's gone. No, it's just you being pedantic. Like, and that's life. <laughs> the sometimes bags are the thing about thieves. The thing about thieves is they wait till no one's watching and then take it. I mean, why are we complaining about how his bruise has gone down significantly? Sure, sure, that's true. Because he got a different one, right? Oh, obviously. The thing about <laughs> the thing about thieves. Is, Liam is a set. That isn't a real centurion guy there. That isn't a real. Look at pineapple head. I see how bizarre it was that, that this film has Caesar's Palace in it, and that your place here actually reminds me of that. Like such huge rooms and and, yeah. and kind of thanks palatial style student accommodation that you have. Yeah, well, you know, we're not students, so that's fine. Well, that's right. I mean, that, and that shows. It's just a house. And so much gold in this room. The best use of Caesar's Palace I've ever it takes seen. Twenty five minutes to cross from one side to the other. It's incredible. And that's just using a car. <laughs> Go buggy. The best use of Caesar's Palace, and possibly one of the best visual jokes I've ever seen in a film, is in Mel Brooks' film History of the World Part One, mm. where they are going to Caesar's Palace and they use the casino as the outside <laughs> establishing shot. It's good to be and they're the riding on horses. Yeah, that's perfect. That is the best use of a visual joke. And I think this film could have used more jokes. I think that's why it's unappreciated. People went into this thinking it was going to be a rip roaring comedy, and what they got was a thought provoking mother son drama. Yeah. Mother and son film. With more quirks than jokes, I suppose. Yeah. And more heart than jokes. And when people see a Seth Rogen movie, they don't want to go into it being reminded about the real world. They sure. want to go into a film where uh, a reporter can make career unstable we are, you know that's sure, the kind sure. of thing people want out sure. of a comedy film yeah people want a film in which Seth Rogen smokes a lot of dope yeah that's the thing about Seth Rogen not, he's always established as this not um, not, not face um, um, sort of you know adolescent um, trauma that was brilliant man thanks man you really managed to get those words out of your mouth very well <laughs> eventually yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be honest my favourite one of my favourite Seth Rogen roles of his where I think he really worked because I think the thing about Seth Rogen is in comparison to his contemporaries is he works as a supporting actor I feel mm. for me I really liked him in The 40 Year Old Virgin I was about the other day it's like he had to tat up for that yeah in every and he shot. looked great mm. <laughs> and I, like, I feel like he's a great supporting character I think that's probably why this movie is a throwback for him because he's kind of more the supporting character even though he's uh, when, eyes and ears when he first appeared though uh, in, at the start of his career he was he was a breath of fresh air because he was so different to the other types of American actors like, another, he was kind of real and sort and of and a different type of stoner and a different type of stoner yeah and this he kind of had a natural he has a natural sort of charisma there's something about him when he, in his acting Style that just sort of it's it's that kind of yeah it's almost a slacker thing it's it's that he's at at ease with whatever character he plays. Mm. You know what he kind of reminds me of, and it's very different, very different. Chevy Chase, this mm. kind of guy who 
He's a slacker, but in a different way to everyone else. But what I get from both of them is... I don't need to be here. I could yeah, be doing Jay, something else. Chevy Chase is much more self-aware, though. Like, exactly. He, he's, he's always... He's, because he's he not, almost could break break the fourth wall any second. You know I mean? yeah, no, no, I'm saying I, 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 I like Chevy Chase better. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so you're saying. Oh, I, on this show, I've given 10-minute spiels about how much Chevy Chase has changed the face of everything in the world. But yeah, we've done about Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen and Chevy Chase are both these rich boys who could be doing something else. Like, that's what I get from both of them a lot of the time. Who Like, Seth plays the stoner characters, while Chevy, for most of his career, would play uh, arrogant people, <laughs> to say the least, or sure. dads. Yeah, or arrogant dads, yeah. <laughs> Boorish kind of guy. Was he either in Zoom? He was. He was someone's dad, I hope. <laughs> I don't know what he was in Zoom. He was kooky. Kooky scientist. That's why he's different in Zoom. Uh, but Seth Rogen, you know, he he is different. I mean, I loved him in Anchorman when he played eager cameraman for the cat show. Because <laughs> he really was eager. Have you seen the Billy on the Street with Seth Rogen? Where he's... <laughs> But there's running out of people going, did you hear that Seth Rogen died? And they're like, oh no, I really liked him. And then, and then he's, Seth Rogen would pop out from behind the camera and go, I'm not really dead. <laughs> and I think Seth, he does play an interesting type of stoner that I still don't think we've had. He's He comes across as not your typical stoner. Like when you have, say, James Franco being in Pineapple Express, mm. you just go, yeah... He's not adding anything new to the Stonerverse. You know, like, you've seen this before. You've seen Jay and Silent Bob. You've seen sure. this, this, and this. The one this. in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, you know, you've seen the hey man, or hey man. But Seth has something about him. I think it's because he's got an interesting look mm. about it. And it's that voice. He has this weird voice. I like I like yeah. Seth Rogen's voice. It's oh, like yeah, that deep kind of voice. It really gravelly. That was very good, actually. It was actually very good, oh. yeah. I wasn't happy with it, thank no. you. No, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, take, take it. You have him with the deep gravelly voice that mm. really works for comedic uh, timing, and then you only have on the other end of the spectrum you have Jonah Hill with his high pitched inflection that sure. really work. Sure, sure. And here we have. Did you? I, I love that, that response there. It's great. <laughs> Has that happened to you? No, no, no. That thing. Yeah, where they try and make, make up you, and you're like, no. I generally don't get makeup on for camera. I have pretty. Really, I'm, you I'm, did I'm, underbelly. I'm gonna, I mean, uh, I'm gonna toot my horn here and say I've got pretty good skin for for, for camera. For, for camera, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not for even lighting. an underbelly. In Underbelly, they only, no, they didn't do no. In Underbelly, it was more about the, uh, the getting the. Um, it was more about Vince. In Underbelly, it was more about getting the, uh, the the shots right, the the squibs. Were they real squibs? They were real squibs, yeah. Oh man. And they they packed a punch. Were they good? I, tell, I, I can't remember if I told you this last time, but the fir- the very first shot in in Underbelly when I get shot was under my belly. <laughs> <laughs> So the show's about you. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So when the makeup lady was about to put thing on him and he flinched, was mm. that not a callback to his mum trying to fix his hair? Oh my god, of oh, course. Oh, nice. And, ah, oh, the frog and the prince. She's yeah. the frog, he's the prince. Right, really? <laughs> <laughs> do they kiss? Yeah. Well, they she did. Do. She kissed him before. And, and then his life's changed. been changed. See? But not much. No, very much. Liam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep going on this line of do you think inquiry. He, I don't think the character changes well, that much. Well, look, at I the end disagree. of the story, he is not a frog. So therefore... That's true. That Seth Rogen could play a frog, though. He does look a bit froggish. 
he does have you yeah. know how certain people sure. remind you of animals yeah like you know how ben stiller <laughs> reminds you that you evolved from apes you know <laughs> that's one of my favorite observations that we've made throughout this show <laughs> that guy also that guy with the glasses there looks a lot like david cross he's a poor man he's the cheap <laughs> he's the cheap man's david no cross. no 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 with the way david cross's film career has been this guy's the rich man david cross <laughs> david cross is great Oh yeah, I loved him in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Chip yeah. You know what? He's actually the best thing in that movie because he just seems like I am David Cross well, he's and got... I am in, like Alvin and the Chipmunks. I think when David Cross is hampered by a script, then but he, he has makes... trouble. But, but his own stuff is incredible. If you've his seen his stuff. Netflix uh, special, it's great. Yeah, and missed the show. And all David that. Cross yeah. was the one that played Kane, right? Yes, in yeah. Year One. Yeah, yeah, in Year One, yeah. See, there's the thing with those type of people. They can create their own stuff, but I feel no pity for them when they choose the most terrible projects for the most amount of money, and then they still bitch about it. Like, that's why I feel no sympathy for David Cross. He bitches about, like, oh, the artistic worth of acting in something like Arrested Development and then and then you know he well, has enough he has enough ability and enough power that stuff to do his own stuff forever or do actual really? good things like Bob Odenkirk proved that you can actually do good things while being in that wheelhouse of a comedic yeah. actor well I think I think uh, I think David Cross in Arrested Development was a, was, a, was a fantastic character oh no he's he great in lot, that yeah. That's like the one thing outside of his own work yeah. that you can go, yeah, David Cross was great. And he was great in that Scream parody. Whatever it was, The Haunted House one. <laughs> what? I can't remember what that was. A Haunted House? Uh, with uh, Dave, uh, Damon uh, Wayne? Yeah, one of those Wayne, oh, Wayne okay, Brothers. Okay, ones. the only good Wayne's movie is White Chicks. I think we could all agree on well, that. Well, just going back to your argument before about, about doing things for, for, for love or money. I mean, why, why do you think this film got made? And, and if, if you think... For like, love. <laughs> like who's who said who was where was the pitch you know like well Dan Fogelman's mum died and right. he dedicated this story about him and her and their relationship it was right. a cathartic process for him it's actually a a piece about grieving for Dan Fogelman no I'm just gonna check in here and say is that true or are you making that up right that's completely true that's completely true Dan Fogelman at the end of the credits it says dedicated to my mother Joyce right and that's our main character's name. So there and, you go. and the the film really is a story about so his relationship. Go. So it's not a romping comedy. It's a no. it's essentially a cathartic. It's a cathartic ode to his grieving mother. piece. So, right. It's the a more, grieving, when it's I say a, with very expensive. that this film is a passion project made with love, it's very expensive. I'm 100 straight. The more it's expensive therapy, essentially. <laughs> the more we talk about it, the more the Polish title really mm. kind of fits. Mm. Yeah, mm. mum and I. The king totally. and I, but with mums. Exactly, the queen and I. But yes, this is a love piece. Yeah. I don't know if a Seth, he said this, and this is true, Liam. He said, yeah, this was a movie we made to only be screened on airplanes. Oh, yeah, that was, that was a trivia point. Yeah. He said that. But for Streisand, it was a love piece. I think when you see her interviews, she has so much heart about this project and this is one of her first films coming back as a real leading actress as well <clears throat> she's always been a leading actress she's never gone away she just well, does other things oh but you know I mean, she like chooses... four times she did the Fockers movies where she's a supporting character well you know she's not the lead it's an ensemble piece though Fockers you might want to no, say no it's Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro and everyone else is involved sure but no, I, I disagree. I think it's 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 everyone it's everyone involved. Like you think of all the supporting characters are actually fantastic actors. Yeah, Owen Wilson's that's the, a great actor. It's an ensemble, yeah. In those. Gives, give me your best Owen Wilson wow. 
Where'd it go? Well, you keep doing them on the show. Well, every, every time my horse is brought up, you keep doing the wow. Was <laughs> that yours? Wow. No. Oh, wow. 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 I think there's more to Owen Wilson than a wow. Wow. There, there's an O. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. One, one of my favourite posts about Owen Wilson is if he was cast in The Force Awakens and it's like Owen Wilson fires up his lightsaber. It's like, oh, wow. wow. And then a smiley face. Look at wow. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Wilson is the dark side as Kylo Ren. <laughs> and his voice modulator sounds oh. like Luke Wilson. Oh, his nice. brother. Nice. That would be nice. <laughs> when he takes it off, it's like, oh, wow. So we're coming towards the emotional climax of the film things have turned around they've fought they've reconciled they've fought again she's gambled she got $60 up she's got pierced ears even though it's not in that scene mm. the scene currently she has to take them out and they are now on the road to seeing Andy the real mm. Andy mm. not Andy from Toy Story who that would be an amazing reveal <laughs> if they opened up the door and it was the That'd Toy be Story a terrible reveal it would be like <laughs> <laughs> and you realise this whole film is Seth Rogen <laughs> Liam no 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 don't, don't even go down there oh no down there the movie zooms out and Seth Rogen as an autistic child holding a snow globe oh. with this set in it shaking it wow that's a bunch and then blowing up a doobie and I, I, then this a, film has been nothing but a dream a dream, a dream that's fantastic what what show was that that did that? There was a, there was a terrible soap opera medical drama, and it zooms out. It's like a, it's like a or, like an autistic kid holding a snow globe, and it's like everything that happened in this show was the imagination of one child. <laughs> <laughs> you know this, yeah? That's a real thing. That's hilarious. And thanks to that, every actor or every like production element is in the same universe as this kid's sure. story. So it's like, this show is in the same universe as Breaking Bad because that pack of cigarettes oh, yeah. isn't that, like, is in that show. Isn't there a word like, for that whole universe? Like, yeah. it's all this one, like, it's producer the name of the, or something? It's, the, no, it's the name of the kid. It's like the name of the kid universe. It's like, all of these How are connected. And this movie could be in that universe of the Rogueverse. Right. You know, you know how they made Rogue One. <laughs> they really should have cast Seth Rogen. So is this Rogue, Rogue Meat? So yeah. Is this Rogue Zero? <laughs> no, this is Rogue Me. Like, like Liam. Like, this is a Rogue story. This is Rogue Game. I would really like to see a movie where Streisand and Seth paired up again, where they do go to Europe as a pair of detectives. I, I would watch this shit out, but they're still mum and son. No. Oh, you know what they do. They make a TV show. Would you really want to see that? Like, well, I, I think this film, pa- this film has pretty much ticked all the boxes as far as... But if they went to Europe, they might go to Amsterdam and get weed. Hey, if anything has taught us anything... <laughs> if anything has taught us anything... Going to Europe and your sequel makes a better sequel. I mean... You think? London has fallen with Gerard Butler instead of Olympus has fallen. Mm-hmm. Better film. National Lampoon's European Vacation. Great film. It had John Aston in it as a creepy game show host. Sure. Great. Uh, you know, there's others that have gone to Europe, I'm pretty sure, you know. Euro trip. Euro trip. Better than the road trip. These, yeah. These are hey, that had the great song. What was it? By Matt Damon. Oh, the Scotty Doesn't Know. Scotty Doesn't Know. That song came from Euro trip, so. Wow. Liam doesn't know. No. Liam's I'm, a bit I'm behind just, the eight. I'm just looking at you going, uh-huh. No, he's a great actor. Adam yeah. Scott. 
Sure. And this came out in 2012, and I honestly keep thinking. But you want to say, he's a, I don't know if he's such a great actor as he's a great Adam Scott. Hold on, hold on. Do you not like Adam Scott? I do, I really like him. How old is Adam Scott? Because he's been around. He's Johnny Depp as Johnny Depp's age. Because I realized something about Adam Scott. I've I've seen movies with him at like as it goes him younger and he always looks the same mm. and he just keeps appearing in things I'm like has Adam Scott always just it's like you know when you have certain actors they've just always been there it's kind of just Adam Scott playing good or playing mean it's kind of a, that's what he does excuse me <laughs> can't he be a loving brother Adam Scott playing good okay what but isn't everyone playing good or bad in your world like. Seth Rogen playing good in this or playing bad. But the trouble is, the trouble is the parts, the parts that Adam's got get are, are never big enough really to show much more of a. Uh, I mean, he doesn't get Parks character, and he doesn't Rec. get character roles. He but he essentially gets Adam Scott roles. Parks and Rec. He plays Adam Scott good. Or bad, depending the episode. Yeah, but he's pretty much always good in that one. Nah. But how can anyone be anything in your universe? Because. Oh my god, we did a unit at our university called Paradox of the Actor, which is just exactly this point of how can any actor actually act because they are themselves? Like, is De Niro a good actor? Because at the end of the day, he still does the De Niro face. That means that he's playing De Niro. I would counter that De Niro actually has... an uh, For every character he plays, though, there is an, a different element to that character. But at the end of the day, he's playing good De Niro or bad De Niro? Well, essentially, it depends on the... Yeah, it depends on the character. See, you're not giving but Adam Scott a is, chance. Adam Scott, so, is, Adam Scott is essentially Adam Scott. Wait, so what was he when he played Fearless Leader in the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie? Bad! Obviously. Bad! <laughs> With a name like Fearless Leader? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Robert De Niro is not in this, and he would have been great as his dad, might I add. Well, then you just got to beat the fuckers. I mean, let's like, let's like we've been there and done that. <laughs> but not with then he should have been Fearless But not with again. Seth Rogen. Right. Ben Stiller and Seth Rogen are very different actors. Like, for one, Ben Stiller has versatility. Seth Rogen is great at playing Seth Rogen. Again, yes, Seth Rogen is very No, that's similar. unfair to Seth. You know, he played the Green Hornet very well. <laughs> did you see the Green Hornet? I did not, no. Why are you scoffing then? That movie had, not only did it had Edward Furlong in it, <laughs> but wow. Christoph Waltz coming off his Oscar win. So, right. get your shit together. Right. Didn't he? Oh, yeah, that was the one where Nicolas Cage was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, if this movie could have had Nicolas Cage, it would have been not as good. Because uh, I think Barbara Streisand does a great job as the mum. Yeah. Nicholas Cage would have played the mother. Do you think? <laughs> Did you know Nicholas Cage in the Green Hornet demanded to play the villain with a Rastafarian Jamaican accent? Really? Yeah. And don't change any of his character to make him like a Jamaican warlord or anything. <laughs> like he just wanted to have it. In this movie, he would have read it and went, "Me mum now." Sure. That was my, that was my Nicholas Cage. Me mum now. So we are here. Middlesex is coming into poignancy. They don't want to give us subtitles for it on this edition, but they give us subtitles for exhaling and inhaling, but not for Middlesex, because you know why? Copyright. Nice. Can't even afford the copyright in subtitle form. So, Bartek. That's me. This journey that we went on. It was like the, a trip. The guilt Ryan, trip. Say a trip, not a journey. No. The journey. He's a great band. No, um... That's what I'm saying, <laughs> the trip, Ryan. <laughs> the Pegs, great band. Great, the Pegs, love the Pegs. Did you feel there was enough guilt in it? 
that's kind of where I'm a bit iffy. Like, what what exactly is this guilt? Well, I think it's very hard. Very hard, Liam. What is guilt? What is the guilt of this film for it to be called the guilt trip? It's the uh, it's the fact that as she said he is you know he's the he's the prodigal son that's 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 been away like he he doesn't visit her he doesn't contact her and I think perhaps the uh, she, you know I, I think again it's that weird thing of like playing off the stereotype of the Jewish mother but it's it became it, it's suddenly they went you know what we can't really sustain that yeah I guess <laughs> you're wrong else. on that I'll disagree but. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's many elements of guilt here like he's, he is a character riddled with uh, repression mm. with forms of guilt attached to that because he lost his true love mm. and at the end he doesn't resolve that that's still repressed at the end of this she has a lot of, lot of feelings about her past as well a lot of guilt and mistrust a lot of regret in this but is there enough for it to be called the guilt trip? Because even as a mum, she doesn't guilt him that much either. She just nags him. Yeah. Well, maybe if it's it was called the, the nag trip. Maybe it's the actual thing about he tricks her into going on a road trip with him because it's that original thing of like, you know, yeah, well, why don't you come on the road with me? And she goes, just uh, you and me, that's great. And then he feels guilty because mm. actually he has a... Uh, because, you know, an, 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 everyone loves an, the liar revealed storyline. Exactly. But I think this handled the liar revealed storyline almost as good as Shrek, for mm. the Shrek the first one did. But you know what? In the end, it's Aren't really we? about guilt. Huh? It's about forgiveness. It's about forgiveness. It's about love. Mm. It's about her fucking a cowboy at the end you know what it is about all those things except he doesn't really change does he uh, excuse me <laughs> he learned to smile we agreed on that here's something I really thought was actually good. Yeah, I was surprised that they, they didn't end up together in the end uh, Rogan and then the mum that is I thought it was going to be weird. an incestuous ju- you just had to go there didn't you <laughs> you didn't so I'm very disappointed in you Liam Streisand doesn't like the rogue meat <laughs> 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 she likes giant mechanical spiders. Sure. Yeah, and but she likes cowboy meat. Cowboy bebop meat. You don't want to go down this path. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's nearly the end of the film. But I'm using comedy for evil, Liam. Look at that. He, he's saying she hasn't changed. But she has. And then she has. You know what this movie is? It's Beaches, but for Seth Rogen and Barbara Streisand. You are using Seth comedy for evil, right? What was that Mid- random cowboy bebop reference? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was just, you know, you got to use... Ca- Space Western. Now, this is weird. Watch this. He walks away. <laughs> I thought this is now a focus I know. on wheelchair. I know. Room. I'm like, like... And this guy, look, he gets a phone call too, and... and my favorite was uh, uh, black businesswoman with cramped arms. Was that that one there? Oh, my arms. I gotta pee. (laughs) Oh, there she is. Look at that. On a kid? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Well, that's where the the guilt comes in. There's the guilt trip. Yeah, he found, she found her And then, son. wait a moment. I like, you know, the characters are done in chronological order appearance. You know, there's. Joyce, thanks, Joyce. Did, um, interesting that Miriam Margolis and Andrew Margolis, there's a, the character of Margolis and the actress Margolis. I think they're spelled differently. Well, there you go. I think it's Margol, Margolis yeah. and Margolis. She has a big thing, Miriam, about how you actually pronounce her last name. Sure. Because her. Margolis. 
her wife is an Australian. Yeah. And I think she's like a a linguist, like a really well-to-do PhDs and all these linguist stuff. And Miriam, being very English, loves enunciation. Mm. So that was that. Oh, is this the scene you're talking about with the elongated moments? Yeah. What yeah. about the hitchhiker? He really dedicated a lot to this. He he seemed like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I reckon okay and all right. I reckon there's a lot of good stuff that hit the cutting floor. I yeah, think, I think that's what's basically happened. Yeah, there's a lot of the jokes. Her nomination hit the cutting room floor. Yeah, totally. I think that's unfair. See this, like, like what? What's the? I don't understand. Well, they might rate both of them, and that would have been an interesting storyline. Well, th- that was a good, you know, back and forth. They might rate both of us. Oh no! <laughs> Hilarity ensues. What, you're saying rape can't be funny, Liam? Don't get to that path. What? We've done films that prove that it can. No, 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 no. Liam, no. No, no, That's evil comedy? Yeah. Is it? Yep. Where do you draw the line, Liam? (laughs) On paper, generally. There you go. Nailed it. Not in the sand. He has paper these days. So, this film had a lot going for it. We're going to get into our, our reviews and uh, a rating of our choice, Liam. Yeah, you can right. make the rating whatever you feel. Sure. I'm going to go straight off the bat here. Guilt Trip, The Guilt Trip, is a movie from 2012. Some may say, hey, are you sure it's from 2012? I swear it feels like it came out from 2007. But that's where you're wrong. This movie is a very 2012 movie. This movie captured what was happening in 2012. The smaller comedy fair where you can have an, an, a comedy, whether it is outrageous or not, be just two to three people. It's very different to what's happening now, where you have a comedic set piece like, say, Fist Fight, that's currently out in cinemas, and that movie, you think, oh, that's going to be about two guys, but the movie has like a plethora of co- comedy actors and characters just bombarding you. This movie is old school. This is just two people stuck in a car for an hour and a half, Dealing with guilt, dealing with love, dealing with mother-son relationships. And I appreciate that. And this movie does have a lot of heart. This is a movie that is a more serious comedy. This is a comedy where you have to list the comedy second to the drama. I appreciate the work that each performer put in, even the smaller performance, such as the guy who played... Ben Ben McGraw, Ben McGraw, the cowboy, one basically a one scene wonder, but he brought a lot of heart to a movie that already had a lot of heart in it. If I had to give this movie a rating, Bartek, yes, and Liam, which I have to, you know, it's it's a it's a part of the obligation. Yeah, I would have to give it. I would have to give it like one hundred percent Jewish guilt, over. 1% Catholic guilt. Mm. Uh, who wants to go next? 100 times more guilt, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they've been around longer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it uh, three rogue meats out of four. Yeah? <laughs> out of five. Now, you know what? Out of... I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it... <laughs> You're going to give a review as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your rating, a review. That's my rating. That's my review. Uh, look... You know, uh, uh, I think if if anything, if this film inspires sons to jump in a car with their mums, with their mums, and go for a drive via Uluru, then do it. You know, if you're gonna go to Perth for you to visit your long lost love, 
then I think you should just do it and, Which and jump in there. Long Lost Love yeah. is in part. Yeah. I, I knew Apparently. this. And, Whoever uh, he is, we don't know. And uh, look, uh, yeah, and um, and I think uh, if you do, if you are going to do that, then you should probably get this this film an audiobook, and I think that would make the uh, the trip so much better. So I'm, I'm going to give this three middle sexes out of four, four <laughs> five, ten. Three out of ten. <laughs> That's terrible. Three man. high quality out three of three high quality, quality middle sexes. A story yeah. about that out of ten. Yeah, exactly. Next ten would be like overdoing. It. I'm going to give it five funny faces. <laughs> That's a lot to, of funny. To uh, to three of... funny girls. That's a lot of faces. Bartek, he gave like seventeen ratings there, so you've got a number down. Yeah, and you yeah. you freaking went for a hundred out of one. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a, I'm a good boy. <laughs> I'm a good boy. <laughs> thanks, thanks guilt trip, which is my mum in this situation. Yeah. The guilt trip, or as it. Apparently, more appropriately named and in Poland, Mum and I. Sorry, uh, Mama Ia. Thank you, I understood that. Mm-hmm. I was worried. Yes, Mama means mum, I means and, and Ya means me or I, depending on the situation. Uh, Maybe it's Mum and me, but that'd be grammatically But wrong. then you're getting too close to Mama Mia, and then uh, you're so opening up film. a whole can of Meryl Streep worms. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine she's had worms at some point. But uh, as pets, I'm sure. She is rich enough, yeah. Because <laughs> worms are very uh, expensive. She makes silk out of these worms. We should point out to listeners that the heat in this room is, not is, is incredible. Is it? As we slowly I lose think, our minds. I think you're just wearing too many layers. Just too excuses. Wow, what's wrong with that? Take it off. What's wrong with my Inuit Poor form? Bartek. <laughs> Poor me, why? You're about to finish your review, I hear. About to finish? <laughs> you didn't even stop. <laughs> My review was so fascinating what the title was. Great review. <laughs> I didn't even mention 2012. You nailed it. <laughs> Look, the reason I brought up the Polish title is because I think throughout our discussion we found out that it is sort of more appropriate. Like, we were confused about the guilt, but we were not confused about the mum or the me. <laughs> but the no, and that's true. That's true. The and was confusing. The and well, the and was well. There are two titles. There's this one and the guilt trip. Why are you laughing, Ryan? No, I'm just I'm just enjoying what you're saying. Mm, mm. Oh, thank you. You know, sometimes you laugh nervously. I'm very afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very. I'm very are you worried that I'm gonna hit you or something? <laughs> no, okay, I'm very With worried. Some knowledge. I'm very worried that you're not gonna do justice to this review that has been going on so sure. well. No, that's so good. Part. And now part three of part X. Of the ten part series. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's as long as middle the six, six. Yeah. so twenty-two was... discs. Oh, yeah. please on. insert CD three. Who uses CDs anymore? What do you use? My fucking dick, of course. What do you feel like? Your slowinky. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's the monolith of technologies. Go on. I think it's also worth pointing out that on this show, you know, we've done, I, this is like over 60 episodes now, we, most of the films that we've covered have... <laughs> Holy shit. What? 60 episodes. Yeah. Like a good kick Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Like year one was like 20 something. I know, so I know. It's been a while. Um, most of the films that we've cut on the show have typically had a person one, person two dynamic, and typically it was friends. 
So I think it's really nice that we finally got to see one that is between a mother and a son. Mm. Mm. And, um, you going to say something? Sweet. Yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, The Godfather. Part four. (laughs) With Barbra Streisand as Don Corleone. That film does have a mum in it. Yeah, that's true. And it has a me. Kind of lacks a mum, The Godfather. (laughs) I haven't seen it in a while, so I was just hoping I was right. The whole issue is that she kind of aborts a kid, so... Does this mean you're you're looking forward to more Mother and Son films? Is that what you're saying, Bate? Sure. Sure. You can watch a TV show, Mother and Son, for that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's been a lot of son and father films, so why not more Mother and Sons? Like, even last year, one of the best films I saw was that uh, New Zealand one, The Wilder People. Mm. But that wasn't... That was was a surrogate father. Yeah. Foster father, but still Ryan. You gotta understand, Ryan, that a surrogate doesn't make it any less real. Yeah, surrogates was a really great Bruce Willis movie. I'll give you that. Ryan, you just know how to, you know, reference, build upon other people's uh, words. <laughs> I'm nailing this. <laughs> yes. I'm well, nailing what would you rate it, Vatic? What would you rate it? What would I rate it? I would rate it freaking nine inch nails. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Go on. I would rate it a freaking what the fuck's Ryan talking about? I'm talking about how we're nailing this like Christ. Ladies and gentlemen. Who got inserted with nine inch nails? 60 episodes in. Know your Jewish philosophy. And they are starting to break down. (laughs) Watch now. This is the relationship Liam, between Ryan and Patrick. We think it was Liam was broken before he even entered the house. That's only because I was drinking sherbet bottles. Go on. This is a good episode because... It's great. Thank <laughs> you. And that was his rating. Was a now part- on to IMDb, guys. There was a part where we talked about the sour whatever, but we didn't establish what it was. How about you give us a rating? It was great. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this <is> wonderful. <laughs> Just like your slewing. <laughs> now, that was almost as good as our eight-star review from IMDb, oh. which is called... Streisand and Rogan bring considerable comedy chops to a lightweight road trip movie. That's just the title. Wow. And is every word capitalized at the beginning? No. No. Give them credit. That's only for that's only for titles. And the review came out in 2012, so this movie was fresh. Fresh. It was the still The review is fresh. And so was the movie. Aside from her near cameo appearances in two ensemble comedies, Barbara Streisand has not starred in a movie in 16 long years. Not since 1996's The Mirror Has Two Faces, which she also directed. Her output as an actress has been meagre since around 1980, when she started directing films, building houses, and returning to the concert stage periodically. So it was with both great anticipation and some trepidation that I saw this that I saw this light-hearted 2012 comedy. What a relief to find she hasn't missed a beat in her sharp comedy timing. I think she's terrific as Joyce Brewster, the energetically overbearing mother of Andy, an organic chemical engineer who long ago moved to California and has recently invented a cleaning solution he is pitching to various store chains headquartered across the country. He plans a weekend visit with Joyce in New Jersey, but upon an intriguing discovery about her past, he invites her on an eight-day cross-country road trip with him. Way to ruin it, I'm. IMDb. 
<laughs> Excuse me. This person's only human. <laughs> As directed by Anne Fletcher from The Proposal and written by Dan Fogelman, the underrated crazy stupid love, who based his script on his own late mother. The film is about how their two mismatched personalities unsurprisingly clash at every stop as their relationship twists and turns with each new humiliation for their uh, for, for Andy and each new revelation for the both of them. A few of them quite poignant. The film is at its comedic best when she and co-star Seth Rogen as Andy volley back and forth with her well-meaning thoughts and antics at odds with his spiky annoyance at everything she says or does. Rogan plays against type as the coiled-up Andy since his stoner dude personality has been the basis of much of his previous comedy. Here, he needs to show more dramatic gravity, as he did earlier this year in Take This Waltz. Dramatic gravity. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so heavy. Is that a fat joke about Rogan? That's unfair, William. And again, does surprisingly well when necessary. There is a confrontation scene between the two characters that I wish could have gone on a bit longer and deeper than it did. But the, but he manages to bring a real edge to the film in ways I didn't quite expect from him. Of course, there are predictable comedy pieces that also work like a steak-eating contest in Texas where Joyce has to down a 50-ounce piece of beef in an hour to avoid a $100 tab. There's also quite a supporting cast here, but like Streisand movies of yore, the familiar actors contribute moments that amount to nearly bit parts. And then, and then it's like, Catherine Najimi and Miriam Margolis are among Joyce's Weight Watcher friends in a quick dinner, dinner scene early in the story, while Adam Scott shows up at the very end of the road trip in San Francisco. In between are appearances from Brett Cullen as a cowboy who becomes smitten with Joyce during the eating contest, and Nora Dunn as, an, as, as the HSN TV host. But that's fine. <laughs> But that's fine, since Rogan really lets Streisand dominate the movie all the way, from pushing off potential suitors at a mature singles mixer, to getting into the wrong car at a mini-mart pit stop, to getting drunk in a motel bar, to sharing an in innocently ignorant perception of stereotypes. This is only her 19th film since her extraordinary debut, Funny Girl, 44 years ago. Reason enough to enjoy the warm, accomplished performance she gives. And that's the review. You didn't read the last word. Oh, here. There, now that's the review. <laughs> warm. It was warm. Warm. That was a long review, Ryan. Unlike YouTube comments. Hey. YouTube has a great I've thing. got some YouTube comments. Let's read some of them. <laughs> Go on. Hit me. The first one is actually kind of a review. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. I like the them. whole thing. I like those. You gotta watch this, even if you're not into comedies. It's Barbara Streisand. No further arguments. <laughs> so, you know, I think the no further arguments turns it into a review. Yeah, there you go. And uh, the next comment, it's not a response to this one, but it could be, because it you is... can't, because there's no further comments. <laughs> no further arguments, right? You can't make comments on that, then. Well, like, not all comments are arguments, right? <laughs> on Ryan. YouTube, clearly you have But look, this, you'll understand what I mean, because this comment is, guess I'm watching it tonight then, lol. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. And this is clearly from someone who has seen it, because their comment is, this movie is wonderful and touching. 
It touched them. The next person also Love. saw the film, and it's in all caps. Yay. Classic Relakes family movie. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Me like Barbara. Barbara good. Yeah. That was written by Barbara as so. Right, yeah. Go she on. just can't, and can't write. Just to let you know, there's a comma between movie and good, so there's oh, some good. grammar there. Uh, movie. Uh, good. <laughs> movie good. This I'm very happy about that. Next person also thought similar things because they said, nice movie for thinking the relation of a mother with her son. Although I don't think that sons are interesting on the love relations of their mothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you. no grammar there, but well, there's a full stop at the end. I'll be fair. I'm gonna hit you with another review here, Liam. This one's this one is this one is so good. It's okay. Ah, it's all right. It's a it's a three out of five. You know, it's called Call Your Mama, and it does have no star. It has no star rating. Okay, what year? 2012. Okay. Hold on to your pants, boys. Call your mama. Mama, don't let, don't let your don't let your boys grow up to be cowboys. Wow, did they see the same film? What's going on? Or better yet, organic chemists. Oh, nice. So they've already started out with a Devo reference. I'm very proud. In this fun tale, you see Andy Brewster, Seth Rogen, is on a mission to sell his discovered organic cleaning product and find a distributor. In a caring move. He invites his mother, Joyce Brewster, Papa Streisand, to come along for the eight-day across-country trip. Most movies feature two guys or girls on a crazy road trip, but never a mother and son. Freud was right. We all have mother issues, and Andy, and Andy finally deals with his overbearing mother as he sets out to discover his own identity. This film is fun, touching, and is above the bond between mother and son. In the preview I saw, I took my own mother and she enjoyed it. In a special live similar cast with Barbara Streisand and Seth Rogen, they took questions about the road trip. Just the road trip. Okay. <laughs> Not a trip. They really wanted to ask questions about the road trip. According to Streisand, she was pursued by the director, Anne Fletcher, for the role. It was not until she read the script out loud with her own son that she fell in love with the role. Streisand did a phenomenal job, and you get a feeling that the role is way below her pay grade. They did accommodate all... They, they did accommodate all her request. Just, just one. <laughs> all the one. Uh, all the scenes were short within 45 minutes of her house... Yeah, all the scenes were shot within 45 minutes of a house in Malibu, California, and she did not even have to drive. According to the pop diva, she has not driven for over a decade. She was also asked if she would ever like to take a road trip with someone, and she said Marlon Brando. She did take a day trip with him once, check and checked out the desert wildflowers once, and had fun. Yeah, sure. When asked if Babs had any resemblance to with his real mother, Rogan said that they are both strong Jewish women, but his mother resembled more a past character that Streisand played in Meet the Fockers. His mother is a Jewish hippie type of woman. The Guilt Trip opens December 19th, perfect for the holiday season and a fun tale of love, joy, and and celebrating life. In the end, it will make you appreciate your mother and the characters. 
discovered that they were both more alike than different. Signed, Leroy, studio executive of Paramount. Oh, wait, no, cross that last Signed, bit signed James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, who knew? Who knew? And I'll read one more yeah? for you. Is that your last one? No. Okay. I have one after that. This is a five-star review. Less positive. Oh, no. Uh, the, the location of this review is Yerp. <laughs> it sure. is from Yerp. I don't know where Europe is in the world, but wow. Europe is the next best thing to actually taking your mum on a road trip. Written in 2012. Nice movie with strong, likeable actors. I'd call it a holistic movie. It's so complete. The only thing missing from the movie is the point. Why on, <laughs> Why on earth would I want to see another middle-aged man take his dear mum on a road trip? Marveling at why I don't take my mum on lengthy cross-country trips in an uncomfortably small car hasn't really kept me awake at night. I'm not surprised that it might get awkward. Cause it's her motherly duty to make me feel awkward. My job is to stay the feck clear of her. That's called son-mum dynamics. <laughs> Unlike... <laughs> Unlike Andy, I did study on the other end of the country to get as far away as possible from my parentals. <coughs> the quality of the institution had nothing whatsoever to do with it. If I had the choice to either study brain surgery in my mum's basement or to attend the Compton Council College for, for assistant janitors on the other coast, my job would have been as clear as spring day in the Mohaven. Just... There you go. That's maybe not very nice, but it is healthy. Also, the movie is predictable when the southern gentleman introduces himself to Joy. We know she won't get to meet her puppy love object in Frisco. And I was waiting all through the movie for Andy to finally drink his cleanser, knowing that this would be presented in the movie as a brilliant selling point, which it isn't. And that's Sound the end of their review. They're signed not Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Signed, signed, signed. Barbara. She that, that person probably didn't think that it was a good movie. But this comment here literally says, "A good movie, no much, no less, worth watching." And the ending is overwritten. <laughs> overwritten. Eaten, but there's an R at the beginning. It's very similar to over Will Wheaton. You know. Yeah, yeah, right. He must have wrote that. Overwritten. Next person is, unfortunately, more negative. Should be a career killer for Seth Rogen, but since there's so much schlock out there, he'll get a free pass. This movie was a cinematic abomination. Oh. Horribly unfunny, uncomfortable, unwatchable. And Babs, please go back to singing. You've made more bad movies in the last decade than Ed Wood has in his entire career. She hasn't made any movies in the last movie since. Yeah. Wow. This next person... That, um, was, that was brutal. Do you, do you guys like getting backstabbed? Yeah. yeah. It's my favourite stab. Trigger warning backstabbing. <laughs> Hashtag backstabbing, yeah. This movie wasn't overwhelmingly awkward. <sighs> dot, dot, dot. Oh. Said no one ever. Oh, oh, back. oh. there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God you prepared me for that. I was I was do you reckon the next one's backstabbing or not 
Cast your votes. Oh, I think it's not. I, I believe that there would be two backstabbers. I don't say kidney. It's a kidney stab. Go. All right. It's a backstab of the lower variety. This movie was a pretty cute movie to watch with my mom on Mother's Day. Oh, thank God. Full mm. stop. That's the end of that. Oh, oh phew. We got yes. through that one without being stabbed. Wow. But the next one, guys, go to spill.com. They will tell you the truth. They're, they're actually really good uh, reviewers, actually. Yeah. Spill.com. They're now called Double Toasted. I, I like yeah. them. I went to spill.com. It redirected me to hollywood.com. Yeah, they, they stopped existing like 14... No, like four years ago. Yeah. The rest of the comments are pretty positive. Oh, thank God. Whew. Loved it. Was hilarious in a cute, heartwarming way. Made me want to hug and thank my mum. Deleted scenes shown at credits were funny also. <laughs> Did this movie make you want to hug your mum? No. Yeah, you don't like your mum enough to hug her, yeah? It would... No, I, don't, I love my mum and I love to hug her, but this, this is not, not a movie that made me want to go jump up and... Made you want to kiss her, though, yeah? <laughs> On the cheek. <laughs> with this right? On the cheek. Did you want to see me kiss my mum? No, they're making see? sure that this movie met the goal that this guy had. Do you not see what other families are like? Are you missing but out on... I'm only a kinship to alien pod creatures. Ignore, ignore Ryan. He's been drinking too much tap water. Right, no, I've been it. drinking too much Sky Clean. Jeez. Psycho Clean. Psycho Clean. Psycho Yeah, let's go to Ryan, guys. Science Clean. <laughs> guys, the next comment is Seth is cute. He is kind of cute in an ugly way. Mm-hmm. I've got three more comments, <laughs> but do you want to... You know, yeah, I'll blast it. I'll blast my load. Your last... I'll have you. Oh, God. This is a ten star. Do you like ten stars? Because this guy does. It's called A Mother's Love. This movie only had like two stars. A Mother's Love. Ten stars. Written in 2014. I recall seeing the trailer for this and thinking it would be cute. But I... But being that I don't... Out that I don't out to the cinema all that much. I didn't see it until just now on Netflix. I didn't really have too many expectations other than that I figured it would be good to see Babs and Seth Rogen play mother and son. Perhaps the trailer was misleading, and that's why people have written negative reviews regarding the lack of strong plot slash storyline. I disagree, though. Coming from a family where I was blessed to have two typical Jewish mothers... And, you know, my mum died when I was 13. My dad remarried my stepmom, but I just dropped the step because I consider her my mum anyway. It was easy. <laughs> that goes back to wow. what I was saying earlier. It was easy to identify with the relationship of these two characters. The title alone is so appropriate. And no, you don't necessarily have to have a Jewish mum to appreciate Streisand's character, but it was just something that spoke to me. Anyhow... Aside from that supposed storyline of each character, I just felt that this movie was touching. It doesn't have... It doesn't, it doesn't matter how old we become. We are always our mum's babies. This movie was a cute example... <laughs> excuse, excuse me. Yeah, we have beards. Right? This movie was a cute example of the lifelong bond between a mother and child and how a little bit of communication excuse me now a little bit of communication and honesty can keep it positive I laughed and teared up throughout the film I recommend it Barbara Streisand was really cute as Seth Rogen's mum I liked I liked their chemistry two thumbs up 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> Never read the comments, guys. Come on. Never read the comments. But, uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> Why are you so upset, Liam? Was that because you didn't have a strong bond with your mum? Is that why you don't want to hug and kiss her? This is all... You're back to this again. All of them. Liam, you're getting very negative about these positive comments. You're laughing at the negatives, but you're not enjoying the positives. You know what we say about you, sir? What's that? You're evil. (laughs) Well, listen, James. Listen, (laughs) no matter what you say, it flows through me like water. In fact, that's what I need to do. Are you that James boy from down the street? (laughs) I am. I'm Franco. Franco. Give us your last comments, Bartek. Hit us with your load. Hope it will change your mind. I don't get how could it get a five score on IMDb, but whatever. The movie is great. I love it. I had the same situation with my mum. I felt like I was Seth in this movie. Finally, a full stop. They kept using commas. This movie has a great way to show the moral story of it. It's funny but then you realise the true moral story behind it. It's not just another comedy that you know. I had also a trip with my mum, and it (laughs) reminds of how I acted to her in this trip. I think that's I acted to her all my life. Universal. Universal? Yeah. Yeah, like you said. I'm like, language universal. It's like his last line says, I think that's I acted to her all my life. That's yeah. almost as bold as to her as human. I'm know? glad you said bold, Ryan. Mm. Because <gasps> this next comment starts with, Hey, listen to me. I felt yeah. just like you before watching it. But watch it. Don't read the comments. That's what Liam said. Because Was this Liam? <laughs> last, <laughs> last night after seeing it yeah, yeah so don't read the comments don't read the comments don't watch because the it's a great sweet movie I actually loved it Seth Rogen never disappoints and Barbara Streisand is always awesome dot 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 go and watch it smiley face oh, I felt like I was going to yeah. get backstabbed there yeah, right. Phew, it stabbed me just in the heart and the last one and just to let you know in this trailer I've mentioned throughout our episode that a lot of scenes were shown were in the trailer, including like the the, the Grand older, Canyon scene. Yeah, yeah, the um, what was it? The uh, hitchhikers they oh. rape, and then later on there's a hitchhiker in the back seat. Oh no! Yeah, they end with the hitchhiker in the back seat. Oh. But anyway, the comment is: <clears throat> Don't let other people's comments judge what you watch. <laughs> Just watch the trailer and decide for yourself. It's opinion. And this isn't a response, but the same commenter made another comment immediately after. And this is what we ended on. <clears throat> Catch your breath. Oh, this is this is the biggest drawn out thing ever. There was a Hispanic at the end. <laughs> That's it? That's it? That's it? Not, 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 not yeah, there was a Hispanic at the end. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. You guys out there have been amazing, wonderful, <sighs> superfluously great listening people. It is always a pleasure to be talking about such great films, you know? Films that need to be discussed. And Liam, it is an, it's all, it was such a pleasure, pleasure to have you on. It has been so long since we had you on for the show, and I felt like you had fermented long enough for yeah. you to now be opened on the world and I the fizzy. ears of the eardrums of people. Thank you. People needed to hear that 
booming voice of weariness. Oh, thanks very much. No problem. <laughs> uh, what's the deal with Leo's voice? What's the deal with Jerry Jerry show? <laughs> Guys, what are you doing? I didn't know Robert was in this film. Everyone's <laughs> Brad Garrett. Um, so, Bartek, always wonderful to have you on as the co-host and me as the co-host. Well, we're both hosts. Let's, let, you know, we've proven time and time again in this show that we're on the same wavelength, meaning we're the same person. Hence, we get a guest on, like Liam, who's on a different wavelength. Like, he's like, no, people didn't change in this movie. And I say, yeah, they did. Well, you've already established that you're one person. We <laughs> are, we are, Bartek. We are Australia, yeah. yeah. My we're response right? to what you just said, Ryan, thanks. Nice. Thank you. Uh, if you guys want to help us out, well, you know, you can if you want. You don't have to. You know, it's not up to me. It's, it's up to you if you want. I mean, you could give us a little written review on iTunes or rating. You could follow us on YouTube and Facebook. It's all on the Spin Polish Presents. Yeah, you could run into a newsroom and say, hey, forget about that. Spit and polish. Yeah, put that paper down. Spin Polish have just come out with a new episode. Oh my god, who's on it? Yeah, don't worry about Who? Trump, you can guess what he's doing. What's it about? The guilt trip? The guilt trip? Oh wow, who's on it? Liam. I listen to Spit and Polish. There's a Hispanic at the end. <laughs> of the trailer, the movie, but just to let you know, that's a disclaimer. You guys have been great. As always, remember to be kind to each other. Kind of what? To each other. Oh, I see. No, no, just to be kind of each other. Like, be kind of each other. Be kind. It's about expanding your character. Sure. Be yourself, but then be kind of Liam, kind of Brian, kind of Bartek, kind of Barbara Streisand. But not Seth. And kind of a Hispanic at the end. Don't laugh. I'm giving you a serious message. Remember, folks, remember to always be the Hispanic at the end. Yes. If you can hear over the music playing right now, that's meta. <laughs> <laughs>